Man, my feet are killing me. <laughs> well, luckily, I purchased some of Frito's Feeling Great CBD Balm from HermosillaHemp.com. Here, try some. My God, Polly. I feel like I could run an ultra now. Or you could just head over to the kitchen and get me a hot dinner cooking. I'm on it. I feel great. Dang, I'm going to order some more CBD balm from HermosillaHemp.com for all your other aches and pains you complain about when doing dishes, folding laundry, and getting on the trail, and also when you're starting the show. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Coming to you live from the sunny Bobby Stanton studio in Boulder, Colorado, in Salida, Colorado's historic beer district. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest running hiking podcast that's monthly on the planet and has been downloaded over a million times all over the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. All right, POD. Can you tell us what is on the Trail Show menu this evening? Well, I'll tell you what's not on the menu, and that's tofu with ketchup. But apparently that's what D-Lo's eating tonight, and that's why he's not on the show oh. yet. But anyway. Sad. Sad. Biggest rage in Boulder, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. It's probably boiled, in his, probably boiled it in his own urine, too. It's anyway. Tofu and ketchup? Yeah, it looks it gross. It looks like maybe it was supposed to be crispy, but they didn't really do the crispy part or something. I don't know. but It's disgusting. It looks. Mm. Um, man, we've got a full show tonight. We uh, we've got a trail of the month. We're gonna have Jupiter on. Uh, we've got a a media review. Mm. We've got some uh, some Special letters. I think we there. have an announcement about something that we're some new some offerings. Okay. Um, what else? We've got some beers. Um, we've got an ask a hiker question. You know. All the, the standard stuff with the, some shenanigans thrown in. And because the onion isn't here, everybody has ice. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. Pr- pretty much everybody in North America has got ice right it's now. That's true. Yeah, that's the a good onion point. Is, oh, man, the onion just moved to California. Dang, he missed out. Is that true? Missing yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Oh, congrats to him. He got out of D.C. Good I think him. California. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Um, before we get into trail news i want to talk quickly i want to sidetrack us out of the gate talk quickly about pandemic fatigue because i know some of trail show nation probably a lot of you are feeling it i feel like it has hit a fever pitch with me this week special i see you raising your hand you're feeling it too oh i feel like i've been there since the beginning of the year okay (laughs) well not only am i feeling pandemic fatigue but i'm also feeling a bit of jealousy because our very own Princess of Darkness is getting her second vaccine shot on Friday. And 
none of us have gotten a first. So. Well, I've I've told you many times if you would like to switch spots and wipe feces out of Ugh. butt cracks and other parts of the body and dry tears and blow noses. Nope. And all kinds of other things nope. like that, then you could be first in line. Nope. So our county prioritized teachers and moved them up with the seniors, which is why POD has a vaccine. So please don't send any nasty grams asking why someone in their 40s has been vaccinated. Um, but I am jealous and I'm and, going crazy. You, you know what? Our school, uh, our school to, has been... To, our school has been face to face the whole year too. Yeah. So it's guys, not like we're sitting out and then we're getting a vaccine. I mean, we've been right. in there all year. Just to piggyback on that a little bit. Uh, there's not really a bunch of people that are like somehow uh, jumping in front of lines in order to get a, a vaccine. It, you know, there are occasional little stories that I've read about people who are actually being shady but <laughs> and that like, dude come on now. flew with his if wife you... out to like a, a village in the middle yeah. of northern Canada. There's some there there yeah. have been some stories, but for the most part, like listen, you see somebody getting like their uh, uh, like posting their little "I'm getting my vaccine shot today." Just give it a like and move on. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's weird because I feel like I, I've kind of taken this whole thing in stride as best one can take a global pandemic in stride. But it just kind of dawned on me today that we're in the 11th month of quarantine and something about 11th feels daunting. Yeah. And, and I think and it's you know, been the cold. Other, it's been so damn part, cold. Yeah. The other part is like I'm about to get my second shot and. So 10 days after that, in theory, I'll be mostly protected. And the, the, the funny thing is that I don't have, I don't have pandemic fatigue because oh. I'm going to school every day. And like, it's like normal, like the kids and the demands and, you know, and, and so I don't have it. And I'm also going to be protected. Whereas this has no. been like sealed up in the house and he's still not going to be able to go out. But yeah. Disco, you gotta embrace this. You gotta be like, well, now POD has to run all the errands. Just to get all the already did that. Everything. Yeah. I, that was already. I'm already sure that he embraced that right away. Patriarchy. <laughs> I think you. I think you just need to uh, to to build a tiny home or like a yurt or something like that in the backyard. It'll, it'll keep your keep your mind occupied. Yeah. And, uh, and well, the building and, of the yurt, because what what he needs sure. is less isolation. Being outside is better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just just telling him that way he can build it, and then uh, and then there will be like a spot, you know, for for us to stay. Oh, I see. Dilo, we're talking about pandemic fatigue. Are you feeling any pandemic fatigue at this eleventh month of quarantine? Oh yeah. Totally. Would you like to expound? I mean, he's at that? home with his kids. Actually, I, I don't really mind being home with them. They oh. they kind of do their thing um, during the day. I don't ha actually have to watch them, so that's not my pandemic fatigue. Hmm. My my pandemic fatigue is things like, hey, would you like to go cross country skiing with me? I know that you have Friday off, and I can take Friday off, but oh, we have to take two cars and yeah. drive two hours in two different cars so that I don't get coronavirus, even though you already had coronavirus and you didn't mm. die. 
but I could still wear a mask, but I'm not certain that I'm not going to get it again. So I should probably take a separate yeah. car if you want to come cross-country skiing with me on Friday. And it'd be nice to go cross-country skiing with someone because I yeah. never do anything with anyone anymore. And I don't mind being by myself, but I like people a little bit. So, yeah, I have, yeah. Some, I have some pandemic fatigue. That's basically the gist of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. I don't really – everything else – I'm I'm kind of cool with. I don't really like wearing masks though. It's not yeah, really my thing. I'm kind of over all of it. And yeah, I, I kind of love masks. And having to pull Ooh, this thing. Look at that! Look at that! Having to pull this thing up over my face when I pass somebody on the trailhead, like out of courtesy, I think is kind of dumb. But I do it anyways, you know. Um, Same here. Same here. It's just kind of like, dude, like if I'm running by you. And you're walking the other way. Like, I'm not going to cough on you. I'm not going <laughs> to breathe on you, man. Do I really need to pull this thing up over my face? I always face? pull mine up. I always do, too. Always. But I don't I don't really think Even it's going to Even if the other me. person doesn't have theirs up. Oh, I do, too. I always go running with one of these yeah. things around my neck or a bandana when it's hot. But hey, it's this, is like... a, this is a good opportunity to t talk about the thing that you're referencing, which is, Oh yeah, this is brand new. Ladies and gentlemen, we have yeah. trail show neck gaiters available. Right. Let me yeah, talk let me... about these, these neck gaiters a little bit, and you're going to be able to get one only if you act fast. According to the website, they're infinitely versatile, multifunctional design. They block more than 90% of UV rays. They are made from a lightweight, breathable microfiber fabric. They protect against dust, wind, insects, and the elements. And it says that they're ultra lightweight. And I can actually verify that. I weighed them. And most of them seem to weigh 1.1 or 1.2 ounces. So for all you uh, ounce counters out there and gram weenies, it's not going to add a whole lot to your base weight. And they look freaking cool. So, All right. Ready for the demonstration? Ready. Zero, please. Pod, here we go. Okay, folks, he just took off his headset. Now he's putting on the neck gaiter, and he has not pulled it down. Actually, he looks a little bit like uh, the guy from Halloween. <laughs> Dilo, are you okay? Are you okay, Dilo? Are you yeah, okay? I'm fine. Okay. I just, you know, once you, I guess, you know, I do have a little pandemic fatigue. Hey, look into the camera, Dilo. Because when I'm putting a neck gaiter around my head. I can't really see it. And it gets stuck, I freak yeah. out. I yeah, just you feel freak a little claustrophobic, like that, you know? Yeah, I just kind of freak out. Joshua Nation, if you too would like to feel claustrophobia and fatigue like D-Lo and get a trail show net gator, you can get one for 25 bucks by going to our website and clicking the PayPal donation button. Just put in the comment section that you would like a very cool trail show net gator. And, and ladies and gentlemen, here is how you um, de de neck gator. Oh my god, this picture is fantastic. Is it, yeah, is that the album cover? It's it's Dilo that time that he ate uh, way too much weed cookie. All right, that's off topic. We've got to get into trail news, please, Pod. You're you're really trying to sidetrack the show. Ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. Enter. You know, it was it was an article about Colorado 14er usage over the last year. 
Uh, and, you know, there was like 942 hikers on one mountain in one day was like one of the, the big stats. But um, all in oh all, it, it was just talking about how, how uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of use this year um, and uh, increased misuse, of course, and increase uh, or I don't know about increase, but a large number of of people that ended up needing help uh and and getting rescued and stuff so uh it was really not that newsworthy other than i thought 942 hikers on one mountain in a day sounded pretty awful uh, i think the most i've ever seen was on mount albert and i can't imagine it was more than about 50 um and that was like a bunch of people at the top because somebody was finishing and so they were up there to like do it with him and they did some crazy dance routine which was bizarre but uh but 942 hikers good lord um even if that's spread out over like you know two three trailheads that's still just a huge number of people i was actually there that day <laughs> yeah, i was first. uh i was selling hot dogs at the summit mm. nice nice mm-hmm. i made next it. to next to that uh pop-up jamba juice Dude, I made a ton of money. Must have made like a thousand dollars that Saturday afternoon in July. It was awesome. Nice man. Awesome. Like I feel like I sold like five hundred hot dogs. Hey, you Dilo, know it looks like you got some Get nasty dreadlocks up in your uh, up in your bun there, up in your trail show bun. I, I made no guarantees that people didn't get sick because my hot dogs weren't really all that refrigerated. But and it was hot up there, you know. But I sold a lot of them. And they mostly, mostly cooked by warming up on your dashboard. Uh, you know, just on the rocks at 14,000 feet type of thing. You know, the ice melted the so tubes. fast. Yeah. Sounds sounds very rustic. I think people are going to get pandemic fatigue from listening to what's happened on this episode so far. <laughs> it's possible. Right, guys, pull it together. Pull speaking it together. Of, <laughs> speaking right, of pandemics, the ATC will not recognize through hikes during the pandemic. Yeah, um, Appalachian hmm. Trail Conservancy uh, uh, announced in, end of January, January 21st, uh, that they will not issue uh, hang tags or recognize through hikes while the COVID-19 pandemic is still raging. They said, quote, we do not feel it is appropriate to provide what could be perceived as a reward for long distance hiking, which we are actively discouraging. Mm. Um so until the uh, pandemic is under control and the vaccine has been widely distributed, which I'm guessing is going to mean, you know, that, that, that the CDC has essentially said we've got enough people vaccinated that we've hit herd immunity before the ATC is going to going to start saying, OK. Interesting how the different trail organizations are doing completely different things. So, you know, it is, uh, I was going to mention that the, the PCTA is issuing permits. Um, they're encouraging people to put off their hike. Uh, and they're basically saying, if you're not prepared to do things like walk into town rather than hitchhike and have longer resupplies so that you don't have to go into town and, um, you know, be ready to quarantine for 14 days in a motel and have all your food delivered if you uh, happen to start getting symptoms a bunch of stuff I mean like they basically they're they're basically saying please don't go but okay here's a permit Uh, (laughs) right right 
And then that sort of segues into, uh, we'll call it just story 2A, because there's not really anything beyond this one. And this is actually an article uh, from our good friends over at Treeline Review, uh, headed up by uh, Snorkel and the Punisher. Their PCT gear list and strategy. Uh, and this is a, an article that they did before, uh, but they've updated it for this year with some different stuff, including a section that talks about um, COVID-19 considerations. They took a list uh, from like the PCTA's suggestions, uh, as well as the uh, American Long Distance Hiking Association's guidance, um, and then sort of created a, a short section um, uh, within the article about that. So uh, if you are uh, looking at, at hiking this year, uh, I definitely encourage you to uh, look at Treeline Review's article. Um, they also have some some links to some things that are are worthwhile to read, uh, but yeah, they uh, they definitely say the same kind of stuff. Um, best to just do day hikes. Best to maybe not go if you are going to go. Go ahead and like be ready to not be around people both in, in town but also on trail. Um, you know, be ready to like raise your mask and stuff like that when you're passing people and not hanging out in big groups and kind of uh, sticking to your pod or, or family or, or kind of quote unquote household. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot else. I feel like there was something else that somebody sent me somewhere, but I couldn't find it in my email. So uh, I guess maybe the third story is a reminder that if you send me stuff um, for trail news, I'm never going to be able to find it in the, in my like, preparation for putting together trail news if you don't email it to me and tag it with the word trail news special i am on the pcta's permit page right now just for mm -hmm. fun just to see so they did 50 permits per day all the permits for april are booked up all the permits for may are booked up all the permits for the second half of march are booked up there's a few permits left for the first half of March. And I would highly discourage anyone from hiking, starting their PCT through hike in the first half of March, because you will end up in the snow way too fast. So yeah, and we can no have shortage whole... of people that got permits this year for the PCT. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that'll go and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say that I think it's, uh, you shouldn't do it. I think you that for some it. people, maybe this it. is the year you should do it. But I think for most people, probably this isn't the year you should do it. Uh, and if you are going to do it, it's going to be a different trail. You're going to thing... definitely have a lot more of like, uh, don't, don't count on like a bunch of fun times in town and, and, and all that kind of stuff. There's yeah. going to be, it's going to have like a, a little bit more of like a, a weird cast to it so yeah um, you know what sounds pretty horrible to me <clears throat> is being like a few hundred miles up the trail and then 
having to quarantine by yourself in some hotel room in some town. <laughs> like, that's just so, so awful. Like, oh, at least man. special. You're in your room with your stuff and a computer and, you, you know, you're comfortable at your place. But, like, imagine if you were stuck in some hotel room forking out 100 bucks a night. In Mojave, California. Yeah, in Mojave, well, imagine, California. Imagine having to meals. do that. Imagine having to do that three or four times throughout the course yeah. of the trip. Because oh, because you end up getting sick a couple of different times. And yeah, you and you're not sure you what it is. Sure, what yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, and then you end oh. up. And imagine like having to go to clinics and towns and and pay out of pocket for yeah. for you know COVID tests after you've waited like uh, several days to make sure you're not getting like a false negative and stuff. Yeah, like everybody that. goes so, I mean, to like, get the COVID test in their car right like when you walk into the covid testing site like <laughs> nobody nobody walks to the covid testing site i'm sorry nobody walks nobody rides their bikes to the covid testing site it's just everybody goes there in the well car. you're used to doing that in affluent places where everybody yeah. has a car that's true too right I'm well sure, actually I'm, i don't know how i'm it works sure that they affluent. they would be able to take care yeah. of you not having a car but yeah the, i, I mean so. like there's there's a lot of stuff that that, that would be pretty problematic if you happen to get sick yeah, and yeah. imagine once, you get sick, twice, and Mojave, three times. Somewhere. Imagine blowing forty-five days out of your trip because because oh, you had oh. to seriously because you had to oh. quarantine three times because you got you know exposed uh, or because what? you got sick uh, or because or imagine like doing that and then getting like halfway up the trail and then getting COVID and having to go home. You paint or imagine such an you get COVID picture. and you get a small town along the trail sick because of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so you know, uh, I know we need to move on, but uh, you know, the, the first the first time that I I ever met Snorkel, she was actually Quarantine? giving a presentation uh, about um, sort of trail um, trail town and hiker interaction, and she had you know done done like a bunch of number crunching and and whatnot uh so this is definitely something that i know is like uh a topic that's near and dear to her heart the way that that hikers can impact and negatively impact uh the communities that the trail passes along and and adjacent to so uh yeah you would definitely not want to to be the one that was responsible for like whatever getting half of Wrightwood sick because you walked in like coughing your covid all over the general store dilo what are you doing uh, i don't know it's uh, sorry i wasn't paying attention yeah you're distracting everyone on the show we're trying to be professional okay oh is that what uh, we're trying to do Call the Let's go to the hotline. Let's okay. go to the hotline, everybody. Let's, let's start off with what I think is a kind of classic that we can all use in our trail life. Hey, trail show. Your mom is so fat. When she goes backpacking, the bears hang their food. <laughs> what? I can't say I've ever heard Who that one before. Who doesn't That's really good? Classic yo mama joke. joke. Wow. That's pretty That's good. That's a first. That's pretty good. Um, and then we also got... Al, if you are no longer interested in a free quote for auto insurance, press <laughs> not too often. How did they have the Trail Show hotline number? 
Why would the I don't know. It's a, it's a robot us, man. Robo who signed us up for auto insurance numbers? But we got at least a dozen from different <laughs> auto insurance companies. What? Interesting. So, did, thank you. Did you guys? It's the trail show, not the car driving show. We don't need auto insurance. Did you guys get a trail show mobile and not tell us? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. You didn't get the Tesla. The, we, the trail show Tesla get it wrapped. <laughs> the Tesla wrapped with the, the tequila logo. on the passenger seat. Oh yeah. 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 Um, well, we got you want more now or you wanna hold off? We got three more. Uh let's do one more now. Okay. This is a good one to keep in the bag. A little for a form a trail show guest we are probably gonna have on in the future again. Hi, my name is Robbie. I just wanted to let you know I'm Dirtmonger's mother, and next time you have him on the show, you have to give me a call, especially when he's on there, because I could give you some stories about him. I will talk to you later. Bye. Whoa, wow. shout out Dirtmonger's mom. That's awesome. Let's just have fantastic. her on. Yeah. yeah. Forget Dirtmonger. Yeah. Let's, just have her, <laughs> let's just have her on. We'll have like a, 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 maybe we'll get some other people and have them on, and we'll do a whole bonus show. It's just stories of Dirtmonger. Just, yep. Yeah. Or I was thinking just the mothers of different hikers. And oh, different people. oh that, would be, wow. that would be an amazing show. Right? Mothers of hikers. That's a really Day good special. idea. Yep. Coming oh, up yeah, in May. Hey, um, before I trailed the month, I was also thinking maybe we could talk about Hermosillo Hemp, our show sponsor. Ooh. Several of us got some products from Hermosillo Hemp, some gummies, which are not for sale on the website, and also some feeling good and some feeling great balm which are available on their website and i'm gonna go ahead and spell the last name it's my last name as well but um we will post a link because i know that for most people um, non-anglo names are very difficult to remember and spell i think darkness is a english word it is but it's darkness dash hermosio don't so, mess this up, P.O.D. It'd be very embarrassing for you. If, you, if I can't spell my own last name. Yeah. It is H-E-R-M as in Mary, O-S as in Sam, I-L-L-O. That's two Wait, how, does, how, how does that work? Is the H silent? That's correct. Could, could Wait, you how, use it in a sentence, could you, please? Yeah. Could you talk about the Hermosillo um, sunset? Hermosillo, Mexico, oh. es, está en el norte. Hermosillo, Sonora, se llama la ciudad. Are we talking about hemp or are we talking about places in Mexico? Well, there is Hermosillo Nora. in Mexico, but I think they deal a different type of uh, product, not CBD. A different type of cannabis? Yeah. CBD doesn't uh, have So yeah, the, Hermosillo uh, Hemp is profits. my brother's company, Frito Rotai Garcia in Michigan. And he has been in the agricultural business for many, many years, growing different Corn. types of crops. And he's had different types of farm animals. I've actually seen him wrestle a, a ram before. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, yeah, he's, he's, doing, he's doing hemp. He's got these balms that he sent us. They're, they're experimenting with the gummies. Um, and he has his uh, store website up. So his website store up. So you can order from him directly what did you guys think did you guys try out the 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 products yes I uh i i ate the gummies um yeah those were good they they were pretty good they, they had a mango. subtle a subtle flavor i appreciated that they weren't like uh um 
like sugary yeah. and sweetened and like who needs that? D'Lo um, wouldn't eat the gummies. And then uh, I've actually been using the the whatever quick balm. stick apply balm uh -huh. um, to uh, for my jaw. Mm. I've been having a pretty bad sinus infection headache. Oh, okay. For oh, the last dude. two weeks. And uh, and it's like also caused a lot of tension in like my jaw area. Uh, so I've been using it to kind of try to combat that a little bit. And I've definitely felt like it was it was nice. It, it helped out a little bit. The power of CBD. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have like a, a weird feel uh, like when you rub it in because you kind of like put a little on and then a sort of rub it in real good. But it doesn't leave like a. a, a oily weirdness or or anything like that so yeah it's a it definitely like absorbs base. nicely and and uh and has like a, a pretty nice again neutral kind of a smell uh, yes. it's just sort of the smell of the product rather than like a bunch of whatever perfumes or or weird things that that, that make it smell like funk here's the ingredients folks You've got CBD infused shea butter, coconut oil, white beeswax, sunflower lecithin, and essential oils. Nothing more, nothing less. Anything else we want to speak on Amarcia Hemp at the moment? I actually didn't try any of the bombs or any of the What? Gums. That's pretty typical for you, Dila. You never do any yeah. homework. Did your wife I, um, try any? She did, and um, she thought they were all just kind of mellow and nice. Did she um, eat them I, all I, at once? No, that was what I wanted to do. I, I yeah. ate a couple of the big ones. Uh, I definitely got those were 200 sleepy. milligrams, by the <laughs> I way. I didn't the, know <laughs> the stars. Uh, I was like, oh, gummies, yum. I didn't get the opportunity, so I would like to just, file a discrimination case uh, not to get to the non related Hispanics on the trail show, but whatever. <laughs> 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 oh man you can go to hermosillo.hemp.com we'll post a link and you can get your products there uh do we need to go to a break before we do trail of the month we do oh. let's take a break do we why because we gotta our ramp up our energy we gotta ramp that's up right our for nine if minutes. everyone could go snort a line of cocaine <laughs> break, that would be fantastic okay. except Excellent. for the cocaine hippo color all right we come back from break we've got special guest jupiter to talk with us about his hike of the Eastern Continental Trail. Don't go anywhere. Trail show is back. How are those beers, people? Dilo, do you have a katana blade you're showing us? No, he's got his trekking poles out. Okay, very good. Well, Watch this. Uh, I will spin this trekking pole for the next five minutes. And after five to ten minutes, it'll lock. The expander nut will finally make contact <laughs> with the shaft and it will and the bottom portion of the trekking pole will lock. Yep. I do think it's important to note that Dilo has transitioned his net gator to some sort of a pirate hat. 
So if you are going to get a trail show net gator, know that it is multifunctional. I could probably even cut off a small portion of my net gator, wrap it around that expander nut and have a more um, functional trekking pole. I think eight is just the number of configurations for your head. Mm. If you buy two, oh. then you, you could do all sorts of different things like thigh warmers, Solve for, chafing problems. for when you're wearing like the really really short shorts you know you're uh you could you could use them for armbands makeshift socks a diaper a diaper <laughs> or a, a mini rag. a mini mini skirt for a very skinny person you could a use it as a bear bag trampoline mm-hmm. Or you could just really stretch it out. I mean, you don't even have to be all that skinny. You can just go yeah. and stretch that, that thing right out. You know, I'm going to try to use it as a, it as a you, skirt. You turn it from the trail show logo to the trail show logo. <laughs> we could use it as a pack Try wrap. it on the next break. We pack can't wrap, recommend it as your like laundromat clothes. Like this is not enough fabric to like let you pass for being clothed at your trail town laundromat while you're doing your hiker laundry. Like this is not enough people you'd okay. need at least four yeah which get, like, you know you know to get legal coverage yeah they're only 25 bucks a piece so that'd be a hundred dollar donation to the show yeah yeah four no we're actually reasonable this run we have to limit one per person max because we actually don't have a lot um, and i think they're going to go pretty quickly if they go quickly we'll get a second run done and then uh, you can go crazy and maybe we'll limit it to two max. You know, I, I kind of wonder what Trail Show Nation would like to see us do for, for swag. Mm. Packrafts. You we know what? Call poll. in the hotline and let us yeah. know. Yeah, yeah call got, the hotline. Uh, if you've got a suggestion. Because we've done a bunch of different stuff. We've done like uh, the keychain beer opener. Uh, we've koozies. Done, you know, the koozies. Um, before my time, y'all did the bottle caps. Bottle caps. Uh, shirts i don't think we've done mugs or or pint glasses or anything like that for a long long time this is dilo's idea of hiking these days now that he's married with kids (laughs) he walks in place in his basement holding trekking poles oh my god (laughs) oh boy and he he does it while he puts the peloton app on yep That's I got. That's why my head is looking the other way because I'm watching the Peloton. You know, I saw SNL had a a, a faux ad the uh, Peloton, which I was like, this is what I need. It's the uh, Peloton, but it's someone who like tells you how terrible you are. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I already have that. It comes standard with this brain. Right. <laughs> that's what I need. To like, come on, is that really all you got? All right, folks. We've got a very special interview tonight. Uh, we've been trying to get this guy on the show for a couple of years now, but he's on trail so much. He's hard to pin down. And now that, you know, it's the middle of the winter and there's a global pandemic, we're finally able to snag an interview with Jupiter. He's going to talk to us tonight about his hike in 2016 of the Eastern Continental Trail. And folks may remember, if you go back to show 94, we had Inyake on to talk about the International Appalachian Trails section in Newfoundland. Part of the ECT, the northern part of the ECT, is also part of the International Appalachian Trail, basically from Katahdin north um, through the rest of Maine and into Quebec. And Jupiter, I think that's where you started your hike, right? On Cap Gasp. 
Yeah, and actually, I mean, the guy who coined the name Eastern Continental Trail, Nimblewill Nomad, for those who don't know or don't know of the guy, you should really look him up, a super interesting uh, fellow in the hiking community. Uh, he actually, to him, the official Eastern Continental Trail is from Newfoundland all the way down to Key West, Florida. So I guess I'm not a true ECT hiker in his eyes, which was really disappointing to hear when I oh. met the guy. <laughs> But uh, uh, honestly, you know, for me, I started up at Cap Gaspé, Quebec, and I hiked southbound down to Key West, Florida, which included the International Appalachian Trail, the Appalachian Trail, the Bent Mackay Trail, the Pinhoti Trail, the Florida Trail, and some other little tiny things in between here and there. Um, and for me, I, I kind of chose that route because if you wanted to go from Quebec up into Newfoundland, you'd have to take a ferry. And to get to the northernmost point of Newfoundland, you'd have to take another little ferry. And I just, for me, it was like, I, you know, I just want to walk, you know, yeah. I want to walk this whole way. And even on that trip, I, uh, I had this silly goal of not hitchhiking once. So I, I didn't really want to use any like motorized transportation or anything. So I, I just chose to start in Quebec and, you know, I'll, I'll have to live with uh, Nimble's feelings so of me. So, so you did, you hiked 4,800 miles, but yet that was too short of a hike to actually like count. Yeah. I mean, in that <laughs> regard, but I, I did actually hold true with the no hitchhiking thing over the really? course of that hike. I, I only, uh, took six rides. So about, uh, one, one hitch every thousand miles or so. Okay. Well, since your uh, hike is invalid because you didn't start in the right place and you took six rides, when are you going to go do it again then? Yeah. I know. I I added on it. I added on probably 200 miles of road walking just going in and out of towns. I really should have just gone for Newfoundland and said screw the screw the car rule. <laughs> yeah. So when you're talking about taking the rides, you're talking about taking rides to resupply, not rides yeah. along the trail. Yeah, just resupply. To clarify. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that is a good clarification. Just to resupply like any other through hiker would do not to skip trail or anything like that. But uh, yeah, so it, it was a fantastic hike. It was in 2016. So a little bit of a while ago, but I still think upon it fondly. And, you know, it's cool to watch every year new hikers set out and try and attempt something similar or trying to attempt the same thing. How many people are trying to do the ECT nowadays? Like I honestly, I only know of a, a small handful of people, including you and Nimblewill and maybe one other guy that have done it like it's it's really interesting uh prior prior to me i guess there is maybe one every year that would try okay. it and maybe one every other year that was successful hmm. nowadays there's actually a lot more or at least a lot more than that i know of and you really see it if you're in the florida trail groups because all of them start hmm. in key west and they're all going northbound so you see these fresh little hikers starting in Key West, like I'm going to hike 5,000 or so miles, you know? Yeah. And it's always like, good luck, you know? And then they're complaining about the road walks through South Florida and they're complaining about this. And it's like, you know, money problems in their first thousand miles. It's like, ah, well, you know, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting there. You're on so your way. Do most people go northbound then? I mean, I know you went southbound. Yeah, most people go northbound. I, I only know of one other guy in recent times that went southbound, Summertime. Summertime went southbound. Another friend of mine uh, went northbound. Uh, you know, so and, it's, why, and why did you go southbound? 
I did it almost purely for money reasons, because if I was going southbound, I was going to start in July, whereas if I was going northbound, I was starting in January. So starting in July, I was able to save more money for, you know, the next whatever months in between then, uh, which I, I think is smart, since I'm sure a lot of people have money problems when it comes to through hiking. <laughs> yeah, especially know, when you're out for 5,000 miles. Usually pretty like pretty flush i mean yeah my experience they've all got like a fair bit of savings and you know contingency plans yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. tell us about i mean I, I feel like a lot of the sections within the united states uh we've covered the benton Mackay, you know the appalachian trail a lot of people know about the pinhoney but i'm curious about the canadian section Cool. So um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the International Appalachian Trail and maybe we could touch on just the spaces in between because sure. you do have to connect all these trails in weird ways. But uh, the International Appalachian Trail, at least from Quebec to Katahdin, is about 800 miles. And that was my first section. You know, so I started up in Quebec. Quebec is a uh, they're, you know, they're a single language country or single language province rather. And it's French. It's not English. Yeah. So here I am in these tiny little towns in Quebec and everyone just speaks French. These are, you know, little podunk towns in the middle of the mountains, way up in mm -hmm. the Gaspésie region of the, the province. So no one spoke English. And oftentimes I'd go to grocery stores and I'd ask, like, can I do cash back here or something? Because I wasn't oh, sure my card was going to work. And the cashier would, they wouldn't know English. And actually one time, the cashier left the store with me at the register to go get the only guy in town that could speak English what? to try and help me out. Yes. So the Quebec people were fantastic all wow. throughout. And I, I will echo this every time. Quebec is truly the gem of the International Appalachian Trail. It is uh, 400 miles. And, you know, the other portions are Maine, New Brunswick, Quebec, and then Newfoundland and a little bit of Nova Scotia. But Quebec is just 400 miles. It would be the perfect Canadian vacation. You know, learn a little bit of French before you go up there. <laughs> it's almost entirely trail. There's very little road walk throughout those 400 miles. And it is really incredible trail. Like wow. maybe 100 miles of it, you're following along these beaches where you're just walking through these like black sands and over these like rocks that have just been smoothened out by the tides. You're going uh, up above tree line where there's like caribou and moose and, mm -hmm. you know, it, there's, it's incredible there. It's really awesome. Um, wow. And the, the Quebec, each, each section of the IAT is kind of like run independently. And I think they've only taken on the name, the International Appalachian Trail, maybe because it helps all of them get funding, even though they're very like separate. apart from each other, very separate. Yeah. Um, and the Quebec portion has really just done an amazing job with their section of trail. And they, they even have an entire shelter system throughout the whole thing. Hmm. I, I'm not really like the biggest shelter guy, but these aren't like Appalachian trail shelters. These are like little cabins that no one uses. They're wow. four walls. They got a wood burning stove inside. They got a table and little bunk beds and it's just, no one's out there using them. I think in 2016, I was probably the only person to hike the International Appalachian Trail from like Maine to the end of Quebec. Um, there were at least five people that I know of that hiked the Quebec portion that year. But, you know, compared to the thousands of people that are attempting the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail, 
here is this amazing thing, 400 miles, you know, way easier logistically and financially to do. And uh, just no one's using it. <laughs> wow. I, I remember going through the, the trail journals and seeing, I don't know when Andrew Skirka did his C to C route, but I remember seeing him in the trail journals, like just a few pages back. Let me, let me ask you, what did you think about the Chick Chock mountain range in Quebec? Uh, is it as I'm difficult remember. As, as people? I, I, the reason I oh, ask is because I've heard people say the Chick Chocks are tougher than the whites. They're tougher than, you know, name, name a mountain range in, in, in New Hampshire or Maine on the trail, the Mahusiks, whatever. Apparently the Chick Chocks are like just super difficult and steep and gnarly. I forget exactly where the Chick Chock section is i'm going to guess though that it is i think of the areas maybe more by other names but um i'm gonna guess that the chick chocks are i'm sure we're butchering that name as well oh, I, I'm, sure. I'm so sorry to anyone you mean you don't remember playing. every mile of a 4,800 mile walk come on man i do but by a different name so i probably think of that section as the hardest section of the uh iat and for me the hardest section of the entire east coast of that trip was uh, the Matan uh, like wilderness area. It was just south of Gaspisi Provincial Park, which I guess is their version of a national park or something. And uh, it, it really was brutal. Uh, I say this trail is incredible and it truly is, but a lot of it isn't really maintained like say the Appalachian Trail is. A lot of it isn't really marked like something like the Appalachian Trail. You know, so here you are and you're you're wading through maybe like ferns that have grown up to four to five feet. And every wow. morning they're soaked and it's just like mm -hmm. getting all of your clothes wet. Car so the trail, the trail is sometimes just not very visible. And in that section, it definitely was not. You know, it is very remote. This whole region is pretty remote. It's just tiny little towns. There's mm -hmm. as far as I know, there's not really any like massive towns throughout. Those sections, I'm just curious, um, remote, wilderness, totally overgrown. Was there like a footwell that you were following? Were there blazes? Like A lot, a lot of the times uh, there were kind of blazes here and there, you know, occasionally. Mm -hmm. uh, they're actually made of, uh, they take aluminum, like in a rectangle, mm -hmm. and they put an IAT sticker on it, an International Appalachian Trail sticker on it, and they nail that to the tree. So they are kind of blazed in that way, but it's few and far between sometimes. In other areas, it's better. So I was just curious in those sections where it's like completely overgrown, like, are you going blaze to blaze? Is there a footwell that you can yeah. feel out? Like, For the most part, I was just kind of letting my feet do the talking and yeah. just feeling it out as I went or kind of looking for, you know, in a field of ferns, where do they slightly part? You know, where can I kind of pass through these ferns in the, the best way possible? Or, or where, if I was going to make this trail, where would I put that trail? You know, so to me, that was the hardest part. I have my friend who hiked up or the Eastern Continental Trail northbound. He said it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. <laughs> you know, for me, that's, I'm like 200, 300 yeah, miles Yeah, you just in. started your hike. You, did, you probably yeah. didn't have your trail legs on at that point. Yet, whereas <laughs> but, he's at the end of his hike, right? You know, the same could be said. I thought the White Mountains of New Hampshire weren't that big of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, I, I did think it was truly difficult, uh, both because of the levels of maintenance weren't like, you know, super high. 
And then also it was incredibly steep. You're just, you're just going straight up to the top of the peak, straight down. There is no just flat walking. There are no switchbacks. I know when I went through that section, it was raining a little bit and thundering a little bit, you know, Mm, so nice and slick. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd take a step forward and I'd slide down like half a step back each with each step. And it was brutal. What about um, ticks? Are there ticks up there in that part of the world? Um, No ticks that I really knew of. And this was something I was really concerned about with hiking on the East Coast, as anyone should be. Uh, You know, most of my tick prevention and gear and stuff geared towards ticks was I brought that in around Vermont. You know, I I had no concerns of it in uh, New Hampshire, Maine, New Brunswick or Quebec. Okay. Um, so I wasn't really too concerned about that. The one thing um, maybe to be aware of, though, is just the moose. You know, moose are unpredictable animals. And here you are in places that not many people are going yeah. on the regular. So I did have a couple of run-ins with moose that uh, were less than favorable. You know, there's one time with a mama moose and a little baby moose. Hmm. And that mama moose was stomping its feet at me and huffing and puffing and I was just freaking out. Like, what if I turn around, you know, uh, is there going to be more moose over there? And if I stay still, maybe moose are just going to converge on my location and I'm just going to be surrounded (laughs) by them. Um, So that was kind of my only animal. What did you do? I I wound up, I wound up just waiting from a, I I slowly backed up and waited from a distance until I could see the moose uh, start to like back up. And then I just gave it as much breath as I possibly could while kind of remaining like I could still see where it was, you know, so I wasn't walking into it. And, uh, you know, I made it around fine, but uh, it it was kind of a scary situation because, you know, here I am in the middle of nowhere and I have this animal that is much larger than me and it it doesn't seem happy with me. Right. So, you know, what do you think about bear spray for the moose? Do you think their eyes are too, I think their eyes are too little. What's going on? Because I muted him. Do you oh, think okay. their eyes are too little for bear spray to be effective on a moose? They have those I, little tiny eyes. I don't know. I I mean, with grizzly bear, I would probably carry a bear spray in those types of areas, you know, the northern parts mm-hmm. of the Continental Divide Trail. But right. uh, I, I think with most animals, I just, I feel right. I don't want to get aggressive with them. I'd rather, you know. I don't want to escalate the situation. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to wrestle. You don't want to wrestle the moose. I, I don't know. No. Okay. No. Did anybody on the IAT when you were hiking wrestle the moose? There was this French girl who was yeah. really, she was a crusher. She was just smashing this trail. And uh, I, I think she could take on a moose if she really wanted to. Okay. You know, she huh. she would have put me down in a second. But no, no <laughs> stories about somebody who didn't know that you shouldn't wrestle moose and like got all aggressive and. That's alligators, know. dude. That's Florida, man. That's the oh, end of this trail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we haven't got there yet. I'm sorry. Yeah. We haven't got oh. to that. We haven't got to the alligator wrestling yet. I'm <laughs> sorry. I was just getting. I, I'm sorry, listeners. I, I just got ahead of our of, of everybody. Speaking of uh, um, pestering animals, how did you deal with northbound through hikers when you hit the AT and they wanted to tell you all about how to hike? <laughs> yeah. I loved it. You know, for 800 miles of the international trail, I didn't see, you know, I saw, I think four other hikers all in Quebec. So then I had the next 250 miles through New Brunswick. I saw no one. I had the next 150 miles to Katahdin. I saw no one. And then here every second 
I was surrounded by hikers. I got to Katahdin, <laughs> oh, man. you know, around August, I think it was August 11th, heading southbound, and I was just in the thick of it, you know. But to me, they they were done. These people just looked like zombies. They didn't want to talk. They didn't want to walk. They didn't want to sleep. They, they were zombied out. You ran that into is, the wrong group of people, man. That's, I know. That's pretty yeah. early in the in the Appalachian Trail finishing season. Like yeah, that, true. that part of August. So those people, You got to get... The people like like my crew that finished in like early October because we were still having fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I eventually ran into those folks, but uh, yeah, in the hundred mile wilderness, everyone just looks like they're so ready to be done. <laughs> do, do you remember how far south you were when you ran into your last AT northbounder? I don't know, but I want to say it was Virginia. Um, oh. I I do remember what the guy looked like, but I can't remember his name. That was like um, the year, right? Yeah, he had he had taken off some time and was getting back on trail. <laughs> I I do actually have a friend that I believe the same year he rode his bike from Key West to Harper's Ferry and then hiked from Harper's Ferry to Katahdin and he finished his finishing date was in December. Oh. So he you know everyone's like Katahdin's closing, Baxter's closing, you know, he he kept you pushing on went. through through the whites and the snow through Maine in the snow and oh god no thank yeah. you oh that yeah it's so not fun those no. people are out there but to continue on south you know i mentioned quebec amazing i'd recommend that to anyone it just the people are awesome the towns are awesome the resupplies aren't too far apart i and now i think even this year a gut hook section has come out so <gasps> go for uh, it you know wow you don't have to use paper maps or anything. <laughs> sounds, sounds like the only real downside is having to sweet talk some moose. Yeah, possibly, you know, or learn a little bit of French before you go. I recommend that to everyone because the, yeah. the Quebec people would be so much happier if you greet them in the ways they, uh, they know to be greeted. But plus, can, the, plus the moose up there are probably more familiar with French. So yeah, you know, just like if you're just shouting like, German. like, whoa, whoa, there moose. Whoa. They're not going to know what you're saying. No. If you at no. least know how to say that in French. Maybe. That's moose. Yeah, yeah, that might yeah. help a lot. Mm -hmm. that, might that, help means, a lot. that means stop moose. Got it. Yeah. So continuing south, uh, you finish your 400 miles of Quebec, and now you're on to New Brunswick. New Brunswick, the section there is 250 miles, and here's where things start to fall off the rails. Uh, I didn't even mean it, but New Brunswick is almost entirely just a rails to trail with a 90-mile roadwalk right in between two rail trails for the 250-mile oh. section. It's truly unfortunate, but um, I, I think it's mostly an issue just because of logging in the area that all the land surrounding you is kind of logging areas and uh the trail association and the loggers just don't really want to deal with the legalities of someone potentially getting hurt mm -hmm. in that capacity so i i think that's where their problem arises but it is i, I walked through some logging areas in idaho and um they're gross oh yeah like, i would have rather been on and there's like some areas that have like really hazardous chemicals and stuff too like yeah it's not i would rather be on a rails to trail than a logging area yeah sure i yeah but uh you know that 90 mile road walk in between i, yeah. I might want to take my chances if there's a trail <laughs> option or something <laughs> like you're but talking it, about a paved road walk oh yeah paved okay. road walk i mean it's yeah. still kind of through the middle of nowhere but you know it, there's still cars and it's still like pavement walking 
just sounds um, quite quite boring right yeah very boring and mm -hmm. i guess the funny part is you actually walk by the uh the highest point in new brunswick like the state park or whatever they call it but you don't even enter <laughs> the park the you walk through on a road huh. you walk around the park on a road and it's like what are you doing you know why why is this <laughs> this way so new brunswick needs work and um you know it, it's not much better when it comes to the maps or the guidebooks uh there is no guidebook actually the only thing i had was just a piece of paper I printed that said how far it was in between towns. And I kind of just had to figure out the way through, wow. you know, and you'd think, oh, maybe I just follow this rail to trail the whole way. Nope. Sometimes you have to go off the rail to trail and take a road. So it, it's mm. not even like, you know, uh, just walking that the entire way. Anyway, so New Brunswick is it, it could be better. A lot of the people there are truly amazing. It is actually home to Bill Miller who is a very big uh, uh, supporter of the IAT. And he, I believe, owns the oldest canoe company in, the, in Canada, the mm. oldest standing canoe company in Canada, and he's still doing it. He just makes these canoes himself. He's got this amazing house alongside this river that's right along the roadwalk that is the IAT New Brunswick. Uh -huh. And he'll let any IAT hiker stay with him. And you can check out his canoes that he's building by hand and Oh, you know, cool. you can pick mushrooms, chanterelles and stuff in his yard to go cook at night. And he's he's a really fantastic guy in his little town of I think it's Nick Tau. Nick Tau, New Brunswick is uh, that's kind of like the whole shining thing of of the whole province and that section to me. Heading into Maine and crossing the international border. Or, you know, you don't really just cross over on a trail or anything. I, I just walked through with the cars. You know, so I stood in line of like 10 cars and just waited in line with them until uh, until it was my turn to talk. And these guys, you know, they didn't want to check was, what was in my backpack. They didn't want to hear where I was coming from or what I was mm. doing. They're just like, you're good to go. Thanks. Really? Like, all that's, right. that's all Border Patrol said to you. Like, that's it. Yeah, okay. that's it. They didn't want to see Holy anything moly. that I was smuggling across that line. What, which, what there was nothing, but. What about you know, the people that were in the car, like in front of you and behind you as you were in line? They're were, like, were you getting like some looks. Is there like, what is this guy do, doing? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Again, it was, it was kind of just like a, a small little town in New Brunswick connected to a small little town in Maine. And, you know, there's just this little line of cars and I just felt like to stand in line with them. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. They didn't even want to really ask me any questions. They just let me pass on through. <laughs> Though uh, the section after that, the northernmost main part of the International Appalachian Trail, you are walking along the, the border of, the, of Canada and the United States for, I think, 10 to 15 miles. And you are supposed to call ahead and let Border, border Patrol know that like, hey, you know, I'm this stupid hiker doing this stupid thing. <laughs> Feel free to laugh. And I'm just going to be out here through this section. You know, come check up on me. I got my papers. Right. <laughs> and uh, they sure did laugh. Yeah. Because th they know how bad the mosquitoes are and they know how oh. bad those um, main swamps are. So they're like, you know, do whatever you want, man. Just have fun out there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, did uh, they check up on you? No, they didn't. But I, I have heard of other hikers having either like, I don't know, a helicopter come by or a truck at least hmm. come by and check like their identification or something. Okay. Um, 
so that that 10 miles along the border uh i thought it was kind of funny because like every kilometer or every like half mile there was a a monument a you know a statue like the the pct northern terminus or the continental divide northern terminus there was one of those every kilometer or less and they just wow. said in like big letters united states and i'm i'm thinking like here we are in the middle of nowhere a place no one ever comes and here we've erected all these monuments to like us <laughs> for no one to see but me right wow um, but that gotta, i thought that was bring pretty these cool. stories into reality yeah i i thought it was pretty cool kind of just walking through that you know it's just this giant swath of land where they took out all the trees and you know you're just following along that border there um so yeah. i i kind of enjoyed that but again maine needs some work when it comes to the international appalachian trail just as much as new brunswick does you start off on rails to trails again, and the main section in total is 150 miles from the border to Katahdin. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, about 90 miles of that are roads. Oh, man. <laughs> they're wow. they're kind of nice roads, and it's going through cute little towns. And funny enough, all along these roadwalks, there's actually shelters. What? You know, people who are supporters of the International Appalachian Trail was like, hey, that's cool. You know, the Appalachian Trail has shelter. We'll put up a shelter in our yard or something. Mm -hmm. I, I think I only used one that was close to Baxter State Park, but um, I, I didn't mind those roads so much. And I guess in general, I don't really mind them too much because it kind of gives me an opportunity to, you know, maybe meet some local town folk or just talk to people. And, you know, I, I've always kind of enjoyed seeing how like people in these places that aren't so popular are living you know what do their homes look like what do their towns look like and their stores look like and it, it was always uh, good fun for me and sure it means lots of restaurants so i i was eating yeah. good in northern maine <laughs> yeah lots of restaurants walking these roads can we jump down to the bmt yeah Let's jump bmt delo man bmt's old hat i want to jump down to <laughs> yeah. southern alabama Wait, let, well, before we get to Southern oh. Alabama, don't we have to go through the BMT? But we've done we the do. BMT. We've already, man, oh. we covered the BMT with right. Paul Max. Come on, dude. One, yeah, like a decade ago. One. <laughs> the last time D'Lo went hiking. about seven years ago. One <laughs> sentence. Tell us about the BMT. One sentence. One paragraph. Tell us about the BMT. On the Eastern Continental Trail and this route, you kind of have the option of, do I want to finish the Appalachian Trail as a through hike? Or in the Smokies, do I want to get off and hike the Bent Mackay Trail? I chose to finish the Appalachian Trail as a through hike. So I really only hiked a small portion of the Bent Mackay Trail. To uh, get you to the Pinhoti Trail. To get me to the Pinhoti Trail, because they, they do connect. They do meet. Okay. So. And now, can we segue to the discos? Well, hold, hold on. I'm, where does the Pinhoti Trail end on the south end? On the south end, um, it ends at... At the time, uh, well, now it ends at Flag Mountain. Flag oh, Mountain is the okay. uh, the southernmost mountain in the Appalachian uh, chain of mountains that is That's over, over 1,000 feet. feet. Yeah. You got it. Very popular. Yeah. So at the time, uh, it didn't actually end there, but I thought I was on it. You know, there was this little hill with a bench on top, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, the southernmost mountain. That but, one did? Uh, no, it wasn't it at all, man. Oh. So there, there's a whole tower on top of the Flag Mountain. There's actually that's where Nimble Nomad has been living. He's the caretaker of Flag Mountain. Really? If anyone? Yeah. 
So if you're hiking his mm, trail, sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, when you're retiring and stuff, it could be pretty fun. <laughs> Where is Flag Mountain know. in reference to the Alabama High Point Chia Mountain? Is that close by? I mean, aren't they both on the Pinhoti? Yeah, they are. I'm trying to think how far away they are from each other. I believe the Pinhoti's only 300 miles. Okay. Uh, I I don't remember exactly, but uh, they're not too far away. I probably about 100 miles away though. So okay. it's still okay. it's still quite a bit of a ways. Um, so the reason I'm interested in Alabama is because my dad lives in Alabama. He what's the town name you're? Oh no, what's the? There's another town name that's kind of funny sounding that I remember you talking about before. In Alabama. Yeah, yeah. That uh, you're from or? Well, my dad it's, lives in Montgomery. There's so um, many funny names in the south. Where do we start? Yeah, I don't know. Forrest Gump there's talks a town about near where Disco grew up called Cowpens. Mm. Yeah. That's in there, South Carolina, though. So. I remember one of these episodes, you're talking about a town down there that it's just a tiny little thing. There's nothing there. But I wound up actually walking <laughs> through the thing. Oh, really? <laughs> and the whole time I... Okay. The, the first time I ever listened to you guys was on the International Appalachian Trail. And I didn't have a... <laughs> really? I didn't have a uh, international like data carrier or anything. Yeah. So all I had to listen to was you guys. <laughs> I listened oh, to you every episode for like days and days, over and over. Like oh, a, my oh my god! Wow, man! That's circle episodes or something. Yeah. Holy moly! And, and when you're out there hiking, you got nothing but time on your hands. I know. To to the that ninety mile road walk must have been a lot of trail show. It was. Yeah, every day was a lot of trail show, and uh, eventually some. Somewhere on the AT, I figured out, oh, there's other podcasts out there. <laughs> it took me quite some time, but. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that today. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where I heard of these guys in the first place. So yeah. how how was road walking South Alabama? Like, uh, is this where it you really, have most of your dog run-ins? Or? It really wasn't too bad. Um, when you finish the Appalachian Trail, you get on the Bent Mackay Trail for about 60 miles. And then you connect it to the Pinhoti Trail. The Pinhoti Trail and the Benton Mackay Trail meet right up. So it's super easy. Um, you hike south on the Pinhoti Trail. It's a really fantastic trail. I think at that point, though, I was, I don't know, I was probably 3,000 miles into my hike and I was kind of getting a little bit elated and jaded and whatever and stuff. So I, I didn't enjoy the Pinhoti Trail as much as I feel I should have. And I would really love to go back and give it another shot at some point. Um, but a lot of really wonderful towns throughout Alabama. Cave Springs comes to mind as just a really fantastic town. Um, but once you finish the Pinhoti Trail, you actually hike another short, short trail called the Coosa Trail through the Coosa, Coosa Management River. Area. Yeah, it's. So it, I really enjoyed it. It was super up and down, but it's all very short ups and downs. So like 200 feet up 200 feet down and you just do that over and over and over again for who knows how many miles but is that where kusa cool. t is from no oh. it's spelled differently pod that's oh. uh, <laughs> two different things yep but it, it was a cool little section i really enjoyed it <laughs> and uh after that is when you begin the roads oh. I, i'm trying to remember how many road miles it was but it's around 200 miles of roads to get from the end of the kusa trail to um, where the Florida trail begins. Yeah. So, yeah. And these aren't, these aren't just like dirt roads or anything. These are like Alabama, you know, back road highways. Right. 
you know there's nowhere to oh, sleep man. there's nowhere to camp it's just like people who are all looking at you real funny because they never seen an outsider ever come through their town you know and yep. that that is where i started to run into some troubles just with the locals just because i i was perceived as a homeless person <laughs> which i you know in many ways you could argue you I am. yeah exactly <laughs> but at the same time it's like i had the money and i have a home back in florida and all that stuff so hmm. but I didn't want to sleep on private property. That doesn't sound smart in Alabama. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I was sleeping under bridges because, uh, you know, that was the only place I felt like would have been sort of safe for me. So I was sort truly, of public. Guess, yeah, sort of. You know, it's not like who, you know, who else is going to be down there in these small little areas? Other homeless people. Uh, yeah, but I wasn't going through big towns. I think yes. I did go through Birmingham, Birmingham or Montgomery or one of the two at one point but uh, didn't really run into trouble there it was it was the small areas where huh. in one part i can't remember the town name but a guy did really give me a lot of trouble uh, a lot of trouble he he must have been out there looking for deer hmm. this was the bridge was a road in between two of his properties and uh he he was out there at like 5 a.m and he just saw me packing up my stuff or not packing up i was just waking up and he he sure gave me a good scare. So, were, were there any know, firearms that were brandished during there that? There were. Moment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. actually woke me up with. I don't. I'm not a gun guy, but it was a rifle to my face. That's how oh, he woke wow. me up. Oh. Huh. And yeah, and he brought me out up on the road. Cars are passing, and he still got his gun pointed at me. And I'm thinking, great, one of these cars is going to call a cop. This is going to be great for me. You know, I really don't want to talk to this guy anymore. <laughs> and uh, oh no, nothing, God. you know. Yeah. yeah uh, eventually, he was, he eventually, uh, I thought he kind of like understood what I was doing. You know, I was hiking across the country. I live in Florida. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like doing fine. I'm not really homeless, but I'm just kind of passing through. Mm -hmm. I don't really mean to startle him. I'm not here to cause trouble. And uh, he started offering me stuff. He asked me if I wanted any like deodorant. He asked me if I needed like, I, I don't know, all this weird stuff. He never offered food. He never offered water. He never offered, at one point he offered me a knife. And then at another point uh, he went to his truck and he offered me a pistol. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, oh, I'm fine. Man. I don't need any of that. You know, I'm just going to get down the road and stuff, you know. Oh boy. So I feel what it's similar journey. to I feel like it's similar to the moose, you know. I don't want to spray the guy in the eyes with bear spray. That's not going to help me out. You know, I want to talk to him kindly, you know, try and plead my case. And uh so, you know, I, I've never I really had I kind of like the visual though of be of like a, a a dirty hiker being offered deodorant at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah well at that point he like, like you got the gun <laughs> i know i know but i just you know <laughs> uh a lot of people have said <laughs> that maybe he was trying to offer me a knife or something because he wanted my prints mm. on a weapon so then he could plead self-defense when mm, he shot me that sounds a little contrived the, i don't yeah i don't know that was other people saying that and i thought hey you know that could be it but i don't know i've wow. i've never ever ever had a trouble or a problem on like a trail or in a trail town with people but when it comes to these like super long road walks you know like the the people aren't used to hikers they're not used to travelers coming through and you know it, yeah and and just to bring it back to or bring it to take it to a different perspective um 
as you're telling the story, I'm thinking to myself, like, as a woman, like oh, now this sounds like something I would never do because oh, yeah, that situation could have unraveled completely differently for a female yeah. or a person of color. Yeah. Right. Like completely. It could be could be a different, com- completely different experience. Yeah. I've I've heard all sorts of things. The guide I was actually reading, someone had handwritten a guide mile by mile for this roadwalk hmm. from the Florida Trail to Springer Mountain. Wow. And well, and the Pinhoti, they added that in there. They did that whole section. And it was actually, I believe, a, a female who was the one that wrote it. I do know some other women that have done it. And I don't know if you guys know Little Buddha, uh, but he is, uh, I, I don't know exactly where he's from, but he's Asian of some sort. And uh, he had a wonderful experience on this roadwalk mm, cool. for Alabama. And he actually did it again this wow. year. Wow. But, uh, you huh. know, it. I think it's just luck of the draw sometimes. And I sure got unlucky in that one. But I understand, you know, I, I would much rather, I would never recommend someone else do it. And I often tell people don't do it. You so know, don't do the hike. You, your time is better spent elsewhere on cooler, more interesting trails <laughs> than 200 miles of roads through Alabama. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, unless so- that's your thing. Let me ask yeah. you this then is so is that experience in Alabama why you ended up doing averaging 39 miles a day through Florida? <laughs> no. I I had actually planned that uh I had planned to go fast in Florida. Okay. Before I had even started any of this thing. I'm from Florida. I I felt like I already enjoy hiking a lot of miles in a day and uh I lie. Yeah. Yeah. Man. We're actually having some Florida beverages tonight in your honor. Nice. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Cheers. Cool stuff. I, I do. I think, what is that? Cigar City Brewing? It is. Yep. Yeah. They make some great stuff. Yes. But uh, Florida, you know, I, I felt like I'm, I, I have the potential to go fast and I kind of enjoy it, you know? Um, uh, and anyway, I, I just decided prior to even starting, I was going to plan this trip out so that for the Florida trail section, I was just going to go as fast as I possibly could just to, just to see how quick I can do it. Finish with a you know, bang. Maybe, maybe claim the, the fastest hiker in Florida title, even though that's been taken over and over since, but, um, you know, and also out of orders from Florida. So I, I think he might also have me beat there. He's in Florida so, right now. Yeah. Miami, maybe. No, Tallahassee, right? <laughs> oh, Tall- yeah. I love Tallahassee. I'm so I'm glad you're in fast. Tallahassee and not Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I know all these people that visit Florida and they always fly into Miami and I'm like, you've already made your first mistake. I have nothing to offer you. <laughs> Should have flown up north. But uh, yeah, Florida, I, I just love it there. The second I crossed that Florida state line, I, was, I just felt like I was home. You know, talking to the people, wow. they're like my people. They spoke my language, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I yep. just felt wonderful. You know, when I felt elated and jaded in uh, Alabama, that just all went away immediately and I was ready to go again. You know, so I, I really pushed myself hard through uh, Florida on the Florida Trail. And I sure had a lonely, lonely experience. You know, I was starting Mm -hmm. in December when no one else goes southbound in the first place and everyone starts in January. So I didn't, I don't think, I didn't see a a single other through hiker when I was doing it, but except for my last day, I saw, I think my last two days, I probably saw 50 people just those two days. Wow. You know, that's when everyone starts. Hilo really wants to hike it. 
Actually, uh, Brian uh, Buck Thirty's out Buck there 30. right now. Yeah, so you he guys was, can get him on, and we can get some dispatches. Send us some dispatches, yeah, from the trail. You know, it could be, it could be uh, Te Aroa all over again. He could tell you how wonderful Florida was and how, like, the roads aren't that long, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. There's not amazing. that many mosquitoes. Yeah. Your food's not going to get stolen by alligators. There's no, going to be another two-part, two-parter it. coming from the Florida Trail. <laughs> like, yeah. we hate this. <laughs> so, now tell me this. So, the, where the Florida Trail ends... I mean, your hike continues like you still had to get from the southern terminus of the Florida Trail down to the bottom of Key West. Is that all road walks, I presume? It, it's it's sort of um, there's kind of extra little sections in there. I think there is a road walk from the well, you finish the Florida Trail at Big Cypress National. I should know this one National Preserve or whatever. Yeah, Big Cypress. Through the swamp, you've hiked 30 miles through uh, just muddy water and alligators and snakes and all that good stuff and cypress trees and just supreme, like, otherworldly Mars beauty. And uh, just hiking you're never going to do anywhere else in the world. Um, but then there is actually another section of swamp right after that that is that used to be part of the Florida Trail but is no longer. Another um, section of swamp. Yeah. I <laughs> that is. <laughs> It's something like 10, 10 or 11 miles after Big Cypress, you still have some swamp walking, but that's when the road walks <laughs> begin. And yeah, you, you are literally just walking a highway for maybe the first 30 miles, but it does, it does put you out on some rails to trail again. So there's the, I believe the Dade County Greenway, which is kind of following along farmland through uh, Florida City and stuff like that down there there is actually a really amazing hostel the everglades hostel just like i don't know i guess for international people that are going to the keys to stay at but it was kind of cool to get a hostel experience even road walking um and then through the keys what what is that thing called but there is actually a bike path all throughout the keys um okay so the, the entire time you're walking through the keys you don't really have to worry about cars or anything what about the seven mile it? bridge walk oh yeah so that's the one part but the seven mile bridge, I, I try and tell this to people like, especially northbound Eastern Continental Trail hikers, if you have trouble with that thing, then you are not going to like what's coming up because the seven mile bridge, <laughs> you, people are used to uh, having runners on that, bikers on that, you know, cars are used to seeing people there and the, the median or whatever that thing on the side, the bike path or bike lane. It is so darn big, like someone would have to really screw up to hit you. So <laughs> I, I didn't think the seven mile bridge was that bad, but that is probably one of the only parts where you actually were like walking on a road through the keys, hmm. but the keys were fantastic, you know? And at that point I, I had probably hiked, hiked um, maybe like 700 or a thousand miles worth of roads on this trip alone. <laughs> So, you know, at this point I, I was like, whatever, I'll camp anywhere. Put me up in someone's yard. I'll figure yeah. it out. Or, you know, uh, you're passing by all these incredible restaurants and just like the smell of the ocean and listening to the breeze and just, it, it was incredible through the keys. And for me, it was, I was trying to just slow down and enjoy it, you know, yeah. take it all in through there. So what's it like when you get to the South end of Key West and you've been walking for 4,800 miles for over six months and you all of a sudden don't have any more land 
to walk on? Uh, that's a good question. I I think if I had the money, I probably I probably would have turned around and kept going or something. But I I, was, I don't know about yeah. it. at least afford a trail again. But wow. uh, I I was ready to just keep going. I I felt like just walking. It was it was just something my body was doing, and it didn't matter what I wanted to do. My body was just going to walk forward. Um, you know, I kind of felt robotic in that sense where I would just get up at a certain time, pack up my things Mm -hmm. and just start walking for the day. I remember I finished the Florida trail and I wanted to slow down. And even though I tried to slow down and I stopped at restaurants and stuff, I still wound up hiking like a 30 mile day (laughs) just because it was like, I, I just can't stop doing that. Um, and it kind of felt the same with the keys. It was I guess, bittersweet in some ways. I wish I spent more time down there when I finished. I kind of finished and just immediately a friend had picked me up and was taking me back home, you know? Where so and I, where I in Florida is back home? Where did you go to from the Keys? Uh, Jupiter, Florida. Oh, it, it, oh uh, hence your trail name. And, yeah, and for those if, of us who are familiar, gotta, where, is, where is Jupiter, Florida? If you're familiar with the former president... <laughs> Oh, okay. So it, it's, it's, about, it's like north of Miami. It, I, I lived maybe 15 minutes from Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ah, wow. It, yes. It's, it's kind of grown the area, but it, it used to just be kind of like a sleepy little surfer town. And now it's getting richer and richer and richer. <laughs> so so yeah. I'm now, swap I'm water draining in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. And old people. Hey, <laughs> hey, Jupiter, real real quick, I don't want to fail to mention that you've got a great YouTube channel. Um, if folks go on YouTube and just type in Jupiter Hikes, they'll find it. And I'd highly recommend watching the 35-minute documentary you did about your Eastern Continental Trail hike. Jupiter's also on Instagram at Jupiter Hikes, and you can find him at jupiterhikes.com. I just wanted to get those those quick plugs in there, especially your YouTube channel, man. I, I've been watching YouTube videos for a while now. POD really, as I, to that. I yeah. Hope, I hope some of them are good. I I've always kind of felt I, I maybe more cater to people who are starting out. You know, or well, you know kind of I've tried to give advice to newer backpackers and that. Jupiter, right? I'll tell you that disco um consumes a lot of YouTube. I do. Oh, me too. And most of it is horrifying to me how dare you how dare you i just don't like the tv it's probably not that bad i just don't like tv what does he watch all kinds of stuff camping used to watch this channel with the chicken with the chickens and this guy taking care of his chickens disco you should check out professional disc golf on youtube oh my god no why would you say that (laughs) anyway lately i've been watching cart narcs which if if you haven't watched cart narcs on youtube go check it out it's fantastic. It's like and, Tom Green 20 years later. It's what he would have done. And uh, okay. cat videos, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, he has Bluetooth Quality. headphones, which has saved the marriage. Nice. Yeah. And um, but I'll say, you know, I, I feel like Disco is maybe not the most discriminate YouTube consumer. How dare you? And I don't like most That's of what he watches. Me. But Jupiter, I do like she your hates videos. what I love. I do like your videos. Oh, thank you. So I, there, there's a couple out there that I'm really proud of. And, you know, generally I'm just trying to give information and I'm happy if I can give information or advice that I wish I knew earlier on. 
some of it you know i wish the videos could be better but you know especially with like the whole pandemic thing yeah i just couldn't stand still and you can't make great videos if you're just sitting still (laughs) (laughs) that's true but i do think jupiter part of it i've thought about this a lot i think part of it is because of you you're a genuinely really nice guy and i think you have some really amazing accomplishments but you're you're genuinely humble and that comes across in the videos that you make i feel like people would watch your video and feel like oh this guy like he's totally cool i could hang out with him and not feel like weird and like small and all those types of things and and as a result as a result they're probably a lot more um I don't know, accepting of whatever advice yeah, you're, totally. you're, you're giving out on your videos. By yeah. the way, I just watched your your first winter hike video. I think you're in yeah. Flagstaff area right now, right? I am no. Flagstaff. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You know, I'm the closest to you guys I've ever been. And at the I same know. time, I'm the furthest away as I ever could be. <laughs> I was going to say that picture of your winter backpacking doesn't look like Florida. No. no. Yeah. Looks it's like not. Flagstaff. Yeah. It was just a short darn trip and I, I sure froze my feet, but, uh, other than that, it was fun. You know, it was fun doing something I'd never really done before. And, you know, just getting out there and trying not to freeze so bad. Do you have that smile? Look at that smile. That's what (laughs) I'm talking about. You got to watch his videos, people. I hate YouTube and I like Jupiter's videos. So everybody knows that I'm a crabby old lady. So if I like it, you know you're gonna like it jupiter what are your 2021 hiking plans well i'll tell you guys i haven't really i guess talked about this anywhere else but uh breaking news i i'm not really planning too far in advance man last year i kept making plans and they just kept getting slashed and slashed you know when it came to wildfires you know i wanted to do the tahoe rim trail Mm -hmm. out of the question i wanted to do uh these other trails out of the question because of covid or wildfires again um, so this yep. year I'm not really planning too far in advance, but since I am living in Arizona and I am living in an Arizona trail, trail town of Flagstaff, I would like to do the Arizona trail at the very least. Oh, so cool. I have that planned for April. I'm going to start in the South and I'm going to head back North to home, you know, yeah. Flagstaff. and, uh, I'm really, really excited for it. You know, it's, I, oh, I think trail. Arizona is more amazing and more beautiful than I ever could have imagined not having spent too much time here before. And just like everything I've ever seen of this state is so cool. And I, I'm just so excited for it. So the Arizona trail come April. And after that, I don't know, because I, I don't know, I, especially in kind of like a position of, you know, a spotlight or something. I, I really don't want to do anything that is going to lead like the worst example ever. Yeah. So, you know, I'm out there, I'm hiking a trail that is close to home. You know, if I do need help, I can get a ride. I'm not that far away. And I've uh, my girlfriend Lotus who could always do something. Um, you know, I'm wearing my mask. I'm, I'm going to try and take every precaution that I possibly can when it comes to COVID and uh, just try and, you know, do things uh, by the books, but yeah. I, I feel like I got to do it because my mental health just went so bad last year, <laughs> just yeah. like sitting in one place and not doing much. So this year I'm just trying to get out and do something. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I think we're all, you know, before you got on the call, we were talking about uh, pandemic fatigue 
oh and yeah how man. 11 it's months real. into it it is real and yeah yeah i think a lot of us especially long distance hikers are getting cabin fever more than ever yeah. you know? i know just today we we drove past the the movie theater and we're like oh the movies. <laughs> <laughs> movies what <laughs> are those back, man let me go well jupiter but, uh, we gotta we gotta wrap this up unfortunately cool. um yeah. thank you so much for for coming on the show i'm i'm you know, I wish we could have done it in person, but then again, we're not even doing it in person. As you can see, like we're all in different yeah. places. And even uh, Disco and I, we live yeah. in separate rooms of the house. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Maybe I'll have to, I'll have to go through all your catalog of things and see what you guys haven't talked about yet, and see if I can go do that. So I can yeah. go on the show again. Come back on anytime, later. man. Please anytime. Do. Yeah. And while we're at it, like, is there anything else you want to get out there about the ECT? I, I think the ECT is an interesting thing. It is not a trail. It is just an idea that there is nothing about it that you're never going to see a sign that says ECT. You're never yeah. going to see that anywhere. Um, I don't think you should do it. Uh, <laughs> but if you can get past me and me trying to discourage you, then maybe you can do it. Cool. Because there's a lot of road walking involved, but you are going to see an incredible amount of diversity and a lot of interesting places. I think anyone, anyone would enjoy the 400 miles through Quebec, and I would recommend that to anyone. You know, put that on your list of vacations. You know, it, it is wonderful. So, uh, you know, on my website, for those who are interested in more information about that trail, I do have I put, I compiled a lot of, of the guides that I use, a lot of the maps that I use. I think I have that in a pretty easy to find spot. It's called like Eastern Continental Trail Maps and Guides. You know, I have all sorts of information from this trip. And as Disco mentioned, I even made a little video of my favorite moments. So very cool. And, and uh, I'll, I'll leave you with this. If you're looking for an adventure that we haven't covered yet on the trail show, so that you might be able to, you know, get back onto the trail show again. Should I through hike I ten? No. Um, <laughs> you could off. You could off road roller skate the Florida Trail in August. <laughs> Here we go. There was a guy that yeah. skateboarded it. Yeah. Off road skateboard. Off road roller yeah, skate. I, yeah. I it's will... totally cool. We're like, you know, we're branching out on the trail show. We're running out of trails. We're branching out. Off road skateboarding. Off road roller skating of the Florida Trail. It ha would have to be in a summer month. So that it's a little bit more oppressive and difficult than normal. August. Do you have some I could borrow, or maybe you could just send him to Buck Thirty. He's out there now. You know, he's probably feeling real bad about them roads. Yeah, when I talk to Buck Thirty tomorrow, I'll. I'll and I think Buck Thirty, no shirts, nut huggers, and roller skates on the Florida Trail. Trail Show Nation, we need to give. Not that not that Jupiter needs it, but let, let's show that his YouTube channel, The Trail Show Bump, let's double his subscribership <laughs> within a week of this show coming out. Okay. I, I want everybody right. to, to subscribe, click the like buttons, hit the you gotta notification smash the bells. Like you got to smash and like and love and all that. Uh, you guys don't need to do that. If you're looking to do okay. something uh, that you've been holding off on for a while, like I know I have, buy these guys some beer. Oh man i've always you, wanted Cooper. to i don't know why i haven't it, it like comes up <laughs> constantly every time i drink a cool beer and if you like beer quebec has some amazing craft breweries yeah. oh yeah there's even a trail town with a craft brewery in it wow. you, can't, you can't buy a lot of this stuff outside of quebec so you gotta go 
All right, they had no idea that they were sponsoring this show, but this show brought to you by Quebec. <laughs> brought to you by Quebec, Quebec beer. <laughs> all right, all right, Jupiter. Thank you so much. Check out Jupiter on YouTube and Instagram at Jupiter Hikes and at JupiterHikes.com. Jupiter, come back on the show anytime. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. I hope you have a nice night. Have a good right night. On. We do have to take a break. When we come back, we've got our media review this month with Serena and her new book about day hikes on the Arizona Trail. So don't go anywhere. This is Liz Snorkel Thomas, and I never listen to the trail show. Hermosillo Hemp is a family farm dedicated to sustainability and to keeping our carbon footprint small. Even though we are just a startup, we're doing our best to leave no trace, no mud falcons on this farm. When you purchase from Hermosillo Hemp, you can feel good knowing you're helping to offset all the carbon DeLo is spewing into the atmosphere with all of his lawn improvements. Go to hermosillohemp.com to buy the finest hemp products watered with the tears of teenagers. And I can tell you it is. It really was watered with the Yeah, my brother tears. sent us multiple pictures and videos of my niece and nephew who are teenagers hand weeding the hemp and crying. So it was great. And I can tell you I have That's all electric powered logo. lawn tools. No uh-huh. gasoline is being what burned about in my those, yard. What about all those trips to Home Depot, dude? I do it on my bike. No. I do it on my bike. 100% carbon neutral. You haven't seen me biking down the bike path in Boulder with a San Angelo bar resting on my handlebars, have you? You <laughs> no haven't. One has. <laughs> yeah, no, no one has. No one has. Actually, no, I did, I did bike home from the hardware store with the San Angelo bar on my bike. Oh. Serena, that's the truth. That's the truth. And you know what? Before we get into our interview with Serena, Triple O, could we go to the hotline for a little taste? You got a call that you could play real quickly for us. Here we go. This is this is a follow-up. Hey, Trail Show. It's Lily. And Arna. And um, we called a few months ago right before we had our second baby for name advice. So we were calling with an update oh, on yeah. her name. Um, number one is we did take, uh, we did take Disco's advice. Yes, we named her Baja Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> no, we call her Small Banana, which yes! is Disco's suggestion. Yes. And, um, yeah, and her, her official name is Meadow, which was not technically one of your suggestions. Mm-hmm. However, you have been speaking so much about meadow bagging <laughs> over recent seasons of the trail show that I feel like that suddenly impacted our decision making. Um, so thank you for those names. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and Sonora yeah. is very enamored of Little Mai as a uh, right. Gone for it. Aww. Yeah. So um, Pod suggested something from the Moomin. And Nora is obsessed with the movement. Thank you, POD, for the book. And she especially is into Little Mai. And, like, she'll talk in a high voice and pretend to be Little Mai. Mm. Um, So that's (laughs) a good trail name for her. 
And I think that Snufkin is a good trail name for somebody. Yes. I think that Snufkin should be put on your leaderboard. Yeah, I mean, available trail names. Definitely, he's got the pipe. He lives in a tent. He's basically a through hiker. So. Well, he doesn't move around that much, but he's a lot of the well, same. Well, we habit. don't we don't know about his movements. He, yeah, he's always <laughs> available. But at any rate, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he would make a great through hiker. Yeah. All right. Have a good <laughs> uh, night trail show. Hey there, trail show nation. There you go. Ball All banana. Right. It won the day. Very happy about that. You named their child. And Little Mai is a trail name. Wow. Henceforth, she'll be known as Small Banana, even by her teachers and principal and who else? People of authority. I don't know. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for that update, Lillian. Yeah. I know that was awesome. That was awesome. Congrats. Very cool. All right. Let's go into our media review. Uh, I've got a brand new book in my hands, ladies and gentlemen. I'm showing it here on the screen. It is Best Day Hikes on the Arizona National Scenic Trail. It's written by Serena Rana. Folks will remember Serena last from trail show number 70, which I can't believe we did way back in April of 2018, almost three full years ago, about the loop around Tucson. Serena, it is awesome to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, let's talk about this book because I know this has been a multi-year in progress thing and now it's a real thing that people can buy and, and get now. What was the impetus for the book? How long did it take you to write it? Um, just kind of the nuts and bolts of, of getting it to, to print. Yeah, uh, it's been a multi-year process. The book is Best Day Hikes on the Arizona National Scenic Trail. And uh, I actually am coming to you from the AZT right now. Um, I'm on, yeah, I'm at the High Drinks Ranch and uh, near the Gateway Community of Oracle. Oh, so I thought that'd be Hijinx a fun Ranch place. is awesome. That was one of my best days on my AZT through hike. I love that place. It's magical. Yeah. And it's uh, exactly the kind of place that, you know, I wanted to highlight in this book. Uh, it's got, you know, for example, this hike that I'm on right now, um, it's got tons of history. Uh, the reason that I decided to write this book is I've been hiking and building and promoting the AZT since 2007. And everybody, you know, I've finished the trail twice. I've, you know, talked to a bunch of people about the trail. And the biggest question I always get is, what's the good parts to do? And because, first of all, well, first of all, you have to get past the people shutting their brains off. You know, because we're, we're through hikers. We're used to, like, 800 miles is actually kind of short, right? Yeah. Um, you say 800 miles to like a person who's never hiked before. Right. And they just shut yeah. their brain off. Yeah. You know, they're like, and I, I used to say that over, you yeah. know, over and over again. It's like, you know, the trail's 800 miles. It goes from Mexico to Utah. A lot of people, they just kind of stop listening there because they're like, <laughs> oh, they immediately self-select out. Yep. Because they think, oh, 800 miles. I can't do that. And then the, the next problem was that, okay, so you've got this 800 miles. And you want people to go out on a day hike, but you don't want them to choose, you know, like, right. you, obviously you could, you could start at any one of the trailheads and go out and back, yeah. but like, what are the best parts? Mm -hmm. And, you know, cause we all know that long trails have certain parts that are better than others. Right. Right. And totally. so throughout this, like thir 13 years that I've been, you know, all over the trail, I basically chose 30 of 
the absolute best um, and most accessible. So I didn't want anybody, I wanted to make this book, make the AZT as accessible as possible to the widest amount of people, just because like, if you have a four wheel drive, that's gonna select a lot of people out that can't even, you know, can't get to that trailhead, for example. So all the trailheads in the book, you can access through, you know, there's like maybe two or three that you can't do in a low rider. Other than that, you know, you yeah. can take your, you know, sedan to the, the trailhead um, or whatever vehicle you've got. I also wanted to make it so that you didn't have to do, there's a couple of shuttle options, hmm. but um, I wanted to make it so that anybody of any um, skill level or, you know, level in the outdoors basically could take this book and get out there safely and have what they need to use. Um, not only does it have, you know, the information about uh, the hikes and the hike information is extremely detailed. You know, like you don't go like 0.3 miles without some sort of like, and then you should do this and then you do, you know, and so, you know, it's very, very descriptive for people who are just starting out. Uh, but then it's got tons of uh, interpretive information. And that's where mm. for me, the trail really gets interesting because it's one thing to like see beautiful things and scenery and things like that. But it's another thing to understand, like, what are those mountains you're looking at? What's that, you know, especially for people that aren't from Arizona, what's yeah. that weird cactus, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, for example, the, you know, when you hike by the hijinks ranch, I tell you the history of the hijinks ranch it used to be Buffalo Bill Cody's old gold mining claim. And then a uh, house was built on it in the 1920s. And that's where I am right now. Oh, I um, didn't know that history. I just really wanted to. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't there know that. <laughs> and I stayed at the hijinks ranch and I didn't know the Buffalo Bill backstory. Well, you know, it's because my book wasn't out yet. Yeah. Now, that you <laughs> now I got to go back and hike it all over so, again. Yeah, you just want an excuse. I, I do. <laughs> yep. So, but, um, it, you know, it, it's these kinds of things for me. You know, I've been guiding on and off different, you know, hiking guide, river guide and stuff like that. And I think that people get such a better experience when they know interesting facts and geology. I mean, there's so much to see, but then to have that interpreted for you. And then there's also, you know, not only the history, the geology, the plants. There, this is why the book took me three years yeah. <laughs> to write. So, um, you know, I think I just, it's I great. To... Yeah, I think it's great to, um, it's a really thoughtful project to, have these really detailed and considerate uh, hikes on a national scenic trail because I know I've taken a lot of people out that I've never been hiking before and they, they live in Colorado. Um, but still, like if you don't have a friend who goes hiking, it's, it's difficult to get started somewhere. And I think the beauty of, of, of you know, having such detailed information that incorporates a lot of different aspects can make the hike really enjoyable for even the person who's going to do a very short distance and maybe not be that comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. But also I think being able to go out on beginner hikes and know that it's part of a much larger trail is inspiring for people, even if they don't aspire to ever hike the whole thing. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that just encourages people to care about public lands and things like that because they're like well i've i've actually hiked on a national scenic trail i did part of the arizona trail you know and i think facilitating that kind of engagement with um larger larger trails longer trails 
larger corridors, I think is really helpful and um, in a good service to the outdoor community. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, you know, that there's a couple things that you said that, that, you know, the reason that I, I'm so detailed and I have this perspective to, you know, this like beginner's perspective is because I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and I moved to Arizona when I was like 20, but like, I never really hiked growing up or anything like that. And I, you know, I never did any of this stuff. I mean, we would go visit like national parks and stuff as a family, but we would do like car touring stuff. You know, my parents are immigrants from India and Italy. And so like, there just wasn't like that. They didn't have that culture. And so like a lot of people, you know, I just didn't grow up doing that kind of thing. And then I moved to Arizona where everybody does that kind of thing. You know, a lot of people do that kind of thing. And so I basically went into that like beginner's mind, which was really interesting Hmm. uh, to like look at the, the trail on such a micro level, you know, cause like, especially as like, you know, if you're doing a through hike, like you don't even know, you know, it's like your, your, your chunks are so much bigger. And so uh, this is like, just really, you know, very kind of detailed and um, honing in on those, those specific spots that uh, are really interesting and things like that. But also, you know, giving people what they need. And also one of the things that is really different about Arizona is that it's, you know, it's not only a desert. People think, you know, you're coming to Arizona, you're going to be hiking. First of all, there's no sand dunes on the Arizona trail. Um, You know, like people think they're going to be going to like this barren land, but like a very, you know, the the Arizona trail, a lot of it is above 7,000 feet. And people don't realize that you're hiking through Ponderosa Pines for hundreds and hundreds of miles. So, you know, to show all of that diversity, but also like give people what they need. Like, for example, there's a desert hiking tips and tricks, which is like a, a conglomeration of all of the little things that I've picked up, you know, through, you know, and I hike in the middle of the summer still, you know, so like I have all these, you know, and I used to work oh, wow. on the river in the Grand Canyon in the middle of the summer. So I have like all of these little, you know, things like that can help you to make yourself comfortable in the heat, but also the desert's a place of extremes. So, you know, you don't want people going out in a t-shirt or whatever, you know, short sleeves, and then the weather changes on them or whatever, or, you know, then it gets dark and it gets cold or whatever. Right. So just giving people those, um, you know, what they need, plus also teaching them about leave no trace and 10 essentials. And so, you know, rather than just being a book about the Arizona trail, it's actually how to get yourself into hiking totally. via the Arizona trail. Right. And so. you've got a section on wildlife too, which I think is cool. And uh, a nice photo of a tarantula hawk, which happens to be one of my favorite insects in the world because of uh, a certain YouTuber that POD loves that I will not mention. Oh my gosh. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? Coyote, I do. Coyote I do. Peterson. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to, let's just say you do not want to be stung by a tarantula hawk, but it's pretty neat. You've also got a picture of a scorpion in here and just kind of like, you know, there's some odd wildlife in Southern Arizona in particular that you won't see anywhere else. So right, might be new to people. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually pretty grateful for my friend Kaylee that gave me that photo. I did almost all of the photos in there, but that she got that close to the tarantula hawk before she realized what it was. Oh man. Yeah, so that's yeah. why it's such a great picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't 
I don't think the tarantula hawks are aggressive towards people. I mean, Not that normally. idiot Coyote Peterson, I mean, he forced it to sting him. How dare you? Right. So, you I, know. I have... I have had one stuck in my house before, and I have. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, you know, no, they're they're not. Uh, they're probably about an inch, inch and a half, oh. maybe. Okay. I mean, they're not like gigantic. It's just. Um, so big. I talk about the proto. I talk about the protocol in my book. If you are stung, you're supposed to lie down immediately on the ground and scream, so that you don't hurt yourself running around in pain. <laughs> it's wow, supposed that... to be a short lasting <laughs> they look really big oh they, they look like the they they're hand. big they're big we yeah. saw one in bandolier national monument um which was Ooh. i mean but yeah again they don't typically like seek out humans to sting what they want to no. do is actually sting a tarantula in their den and paralyze them and then yeah. inject their babies but anyway like we don't need to do a whole history of how the tarantula hawk works. We're getting, but maybe we should get sidetracked here. Yeah. Maybe no. we should no. talk about not no. tonight, not no. tonight, but maybe I want to talk about Miller peak. I want to talk about hike number right. two in this book. So sure. Sure. Yeah. I think it's cool because um, each hike, like you've got them laid, laid out in numerical order and you know, Miller peak is number two and you've got a difficulty rating of five stars. So the difficulty rate rating is, you know, five stars total max and the interesting thing for most northbound arizona trail through hikers is that they encounter miller peak on day one and the other thing you, you wouldn't think about this like you were saying earlier with arizona miller peak goes up to almost 9500 feet and even if you don't you know it's on a little side trail off the azt but even if you don't go up there you're still at 9000 feet and within half a day from touching the the mexican border you're most likely as a early season AZT northbounder walking across a snow, snow covered north facing ridge just past the Miller Peak cutoff. That's actually how you know if people have done their research before they head out, they head out on the AZT. If they on the end of day one or two go, I didn't know Arizona has mountains. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it happens oh, which has instantly. Happened oh, yeah. 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 Um, Oh, I wanted uh, to go you... real quick back back yeah, to ahead. one thing um, that you were mentioning about, like the culture of the trail, because I think it's a really important, a really important point that POD made was that this is the part of the thing that I'm trying to. Arizona doesn't have long distance trail culture because our trail was just finished in 2011. And so, like, I'm trying, you know, I, I used to be the gateway community liaison for the Arizona mm. Trail Association. And like, basically, I travel to the state explaining to people why they should care, right? And one yeah. of the things is that no matter how long or short, even if you're just taking, you know, if you're like at a trailhead having a picnic, you're part of that Arizona trail experience. You're part of that culture. You know, you're on something, like you said, you're on something that's larger than you. And even if you never do the whole thing, you know, there's some, you know, we, we get, we have such a different perspective than most people as long distance hikers, but like, you know, and I try to explain to people like the trail's 800 miles, but you don't have to do the whole thing to enjoy it, you know? Right. And, uh, and then as far as like giving people, you know, even beginners, I, each of the hikes has a short hike. So like even, you know, like the Miller peak hike, which is one of the hardest in the book has a, it's, and I think it's like five miles, five and a half miles one way has a shorter hike. That's only four miles round trip with half the, mm -hmm. you know, less than half the elevation gain. 
but I mean, that even goes for like, you know, hikes that are maybe even flat and like four miles. I'm, you know, round trip. I might have a two, two mile round trip as long as in hikers, it's hard. It's like, it was, like I said, I had to get into that beginner's mind yeah. where, you know, just being out there is a big deal. Um, and then, you know, the hope is that if you, you know, you go on this small hike and maybe because, okay, this is my, this was how I started hiking. Cause when I started hiking, I didn't know anything. And I used to go out hiking and then I'd get scared and I'd turn back, you know, like I'd turn back early before my, my, uh, objective. And then the next time I would go a little farther, I was very, uh, you know, I was timid because I didn't know anything about hiking and I was always worried about getting caught out in the dark and all of that thing, all of those things. So it's like each little piece gives you that confidence to do a little bit more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think when you have been hiking for a long time, you forget, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like you just forget about so many things that, there's so many things that you learn when you when you get into hiking and backpacking that become second nature, but make a big difference in your enjoyment. And um, it's really hard to describe until you're someone who has a lot of experience and you take someone new out and you start explaining all these things. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know that I knew that, like <laughs> all of these things, you know? Right, right. It's kind of interesting. Because you know how to keep yourself comfortable. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, even down to basics, like you know, if you, I used to see this when I worked on the river in the Grand Canyon, um, people that are used to walking on man-made surfaces all the time. Yeah. Arizona, you know, even, you know, Arizona is a rocky place. Even just a right. hike on the trail is kind of a challenge for people, you know, that aren't used to it. They don't have like those small muscles, those small balance mm -hmm. muscles and stuff. And so, you know, and just taking it down to like the most basic beginner and, you know, also making it interesting enough and giving you options so that if you are, you know, more experienced hiker, or you want a larger hike, you can do that too. Totally. What's your favorite can hike we, in this uh, book? Oh, oh gosh. Oh. Come on. You got oh, that's so gun, gun to your head. You can only pick one. What, what's it going to be? Ooh, gun to my head. Dang. <laughs> that's a little is, extreme. Is it, I that, know, but, you know. is it the hike that you see the most tarantula hawks on? Yes, it is the one where you have to literally dodge and dive off of the trail. Does that ever happen? Are you getting dive bombed by tarantula hawks in Arizona? Our listeners want to know. No, they are not. Okay. But the only the only time I've ever had anything really horrible happen on the trail with insects was uh, was bees. I've had Ooh. bees stuck in my hair. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Like the Africanized honeybees? Yeah, it was really well, I don't know if oh, it, they no. were very they were very This was this was on the Highline Trail. Uh, outside yeah. of pine which is one of the great gateway communities of the yeah. arizona trail oh let me just mention this real quick um that each of the trails uh each of the hikes has a gateway community guide for things that oh, you cool. can do in the towns and uh other options for things to see and places to eat and where to get a beer so hey now um, nice. i was uh on the uh, highline trail and my i was slack packing that that day um, my dad had dropped me off and I was hiking about, had about 17 miles to go and about mile 12, um, 12 to go. Uh, I was walking and I, um, heard this like buzzing and one of them got stuck in my hair. Mm. And so all I could hear, and I'm allergic to bees. So like oh, all no. I could hear really loud in my ear. And then it would like get mad and get even louder. 
you know, and so I'm flailing around, like trying to get this bee out of my hair. And as I'm doing this, other bees are bumping me in the face, which is what they do before they swarm. Oh. So I, I grab my stuff and I just start running. Right. And I ran and I'm like, okay, I think I'm okay. And then I hear it again, you know, in my ear. And it's like right next to my ear. And I do some more flailing around. This is like, you know, I don't even know oh, how long I was doing this. And it finally, I get this bee out of my hair and I run again. And then I stop and there's another bee in my hair in like the front of my hair that I didn't even notice because the one was so close to my ear. So then another round of flailing and oh uh, I got that bee out of my hair. I did not get stung. That's but amazing. I was like flailing around for like yeah. 15, 15, 20 minutes and I still had 12 miles to go. And I'm like, all like, you know, the adrenaline starts wearing off partway through the day. But anyway, then it's actually one of my worst days on trail because later that day I was uh, trying to make up time because I had spent so much time flailing and whatnot. Um, and I'm, you know, walking with my head down and all of a sudden I'm on the ground and my scalp is bleeding. And I'm like, what, what? On earth just happened? What kind of day am I having here? Um, there was a tree down in the trail and like some nasty broken branches. And I just walked right into it. Cause I was like, oh. head, head, you know, when you're like head down, like just trying to cruise yeah. and like s- slashed my scalp open, had to take, you know, scalp wound selfies oh to make God. sure it was okay. Yeah. It was a very bad day on the trail, <laughs> but I made it. Scalp. Hashtag <laughs> scalp wound selfies. Okay. Right. <laughs> Oh my god! No, but there is like a perfect tree falling height that you just don't see. Yeah, because yeah. I've done it too. I'm not not that badly, but you just don't see it, and you're like, "What just hit me?" Right? Because <laughs> you got your hat on or whatever, and you're you know, your head's down, and you're just concentrating, and especially and, you know, like, like going uphill. I've had some things yeah. like yes. before where you're going uphill and you're just kind of looking down, and before you know it, you've got a branch on your head right one thing I, I think is unique about this book and is really neat is that in the front section of the book there's recommended hikes and it's got best hikes for solitude best hikes for kids mm. uh, easy hikes hard hikes best high elevation hikes best hikes by season winter spring best forest hikes best desert hikes. so like it's got like whatever you you're hoping to get out of your hike on the Arizona trail. You know, if, if you're really looking to do a wildflower hike, well, boom, bam, you turn to page XIV and <laughs> you can find like <laughs> 10 different best wildflower hikes that are in this book. That's a pretty now, is, ingenious way yeah, to kind of organize did things. You, uh, did you list like which, uh, which trails are best to get bees stuck in your hair? I don't see yes that. i did i actually the the, the beef the beef story it was too long it got cut mm. i was gonna ask editing. if there's a section for uh buck 30 that's best roadwalks that go by 7-elevens <laughs> best, best you know, most tarantula hawks most tarantula tr- diving through diving off the trail for tarantula hawks with the 7-eleven at the end mm-hmm. uh, totally i think there's a list well, oh, there's a list of we, easy hikes in here. That'd be yes. for, for Buck 30. We don't want the easy hikes. We want the hikes with tarantula hawks, dodging tarantula <laughs> hawks. And then the one with the 7-Eleven at the end. Starts and ends at the 7-Eleven. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. a little tough one. Probably didn't um, make the cut. Maybe, 
No, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. That would probably be like that would probably be like the Flagstaff urban route through town. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, one thing I really, uh, real quick, I wanted to mention that we didn't um, cover is that I made. Um, I I was really. I, I'm an archaeologist by trade, so. Um, one of the things that was really interesting to me was to include the ancestral lands and the um, indigenous cultures that call it Arizona home. And so I um, had a Hopi archaeologist, Lyle Belenqua, wow. do, a, do a piece about um, ancient trails through ancestral lands. And so he has a, an essay in there. And then each of the hikes has ancestral land information. And then at the end, there is a um, information on all of the tribes in Arizona. Oh, cool. wow, that's pretty cool. And, you the, know, archaeologists. So. The, yeah. the book is uh, published by Wilderness Press. Where is the best place people can get it right now? Come get it at my website. Mm. And that's trailsinspire.com slash books. And uh, you can get a signed copy from me. Oh, cool. I didn't know you were offering signed copies. Yep. Okay. You can also great. find it, you know, big larger places but um i, I uh, suggest if people are looking for like a an online retailer uh, summit hut which is a local tucson store is also selling oh, cool. online if you want to bypass the big guys very cool what else do people need to know about this book before we move along i think that you know i have talked a lot about you know the beginner aspect of it I do think it would be a really great way for people who are long distance hikers, like you said, uh, POD to like take folks out um, mm. and get them on the trail. But also I don't want it to, you know, especially for this audience, like you're not going to be bored. Like, you know, there's right. plenty for people that like to do harder hikes and, you know, more, more distance. And also, you know, where I tell you to turn around is not necessarily where you have to turn around. Totally. So, you know, you could always like, uh, extend any of the hikes, like none of the hikes, you know, complete an entire passage. That's not the point, right, of the book. So, like, if you, if that's what you're doing, you could also use this, you know, as a just an interpretive guide. It tells you a lot of stuff mm -hmm. about the things, you know, like all of the a lot of the really interesting, accessible things that you're going to pass on the trail or in the book. So even if you're a through hiker, it's still, you know, you could have it on your phone or whatever. All right, nice. folks, the book is called Best Day Hikes on the Arizona National Scenic Trail. Serena, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. And people, go get a signed copy at trailinspire.com slash books. Trails, plural. Trails. Trails inspired. Did I just mess it up? Trailsinspire.com <laughs> slash book. Sorry, Serena. <laughs> no worries. Great talking to you, folks, and uh, have a great night. Yeah, nice cool. See you, Serena. Bye. Bye. All right, folks, we got to take one more break. When we come back, we've got our mailbag. Shout out to donors and maybe even ask a hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. Not tonight. This is Andrew Skirka, and I never listen to The Trail Show, despite being on it twice. Is everyone enjoying their beers and their beverages and things? Actually, I really am. You know why? Because I, I, I like... I 
I like this highlight. Mm. I didn't realize that I would like this highlight. I really like this highlight. This is a really great beer. I'm super excited. Have you never had highlight before? I have. And when I had it before, I was not super excited about it. I thought it was boring, but this is really good. It's excellent. This is like a nice multi balanced IPA. It's it's up there on the ABV spectrum, folks. So be prepared to be sitting like I am right now if you have a couple of these. (laughs) 7.4, I think. 7.5. It's 7.5, but it's it's quite a good beer. It's it's just a really nice balanced IPA with just enough citrusy hops and just enough (laughs) malt backbone to balance it out delicious i'm really impressed i've walked by it so many times in the grocery store and just kind of stuck up my nose would never drink that mass-produced beer from tampa florida of all places but it's quite good it's delicious Mm -hmm. let's go to the hotline all right this is a very very special call um i think i think you'll all agree um i'm sorry it's it's not bear sweats disco but it's almost Hey, Trail Show. This is Tough Broad calling in for the first time. And I was originally going to call in and translate for Bear Sweats' last call. <laughs> got all the unfamiliar names in the call. And that's Moomin's character. If you're listening to one of your shows a few months ago, and POD mentioned Snufkin. And we were excited to hear an adult and not a two-year-old finally mention Snufkin because we also read the Moomin's in our household. But being that it's Valentine's Day month, (laughs) and even though we don't celebrate, I saw your request for hiking stories, and I thought I'd say how Bear Sweats and I started hiking together. Um, We work for the same outdoor lodge in the woods of Maine, and one day I was driving out on this old logging road for my days off, and he was driving back in for his days on. And he rolled down his window, and I rolled down my window, and we chatted. And then he told me that he had just bought a new two-person tent, and maybe we should go camping sometime. And I had a little bit of a crash at the time, and I went to my friends, and I was like, I think that's a pickup line. I'm not sure. But needless to say, Bear Sweats and I did go camping. We went to Baxter. And for our first date, we spent two nights in the woods there, and we hiked Katahdin twice in a day. And the rest is history. We decided that we probably should keep hiking together for the rest of our lives. So there's my hiking story. I hope you guys are getting outside. And uh, that's pretty much it for Tough Broad. Amazing. I got a new two-person tent. Maybe we should go camping. (laughs) That's That's a a fantastic line right there. That is awesome. Yeah, and you know, he said it. Like, only bear sweats can say it, you know? Hey, I got a new... Two person tents. All right. I got yeah, a I think two person we should, tent here. Bear, Bear Sweat should call in and tell us that line exactly how yeah. he said it. I think, yeah. I, I think he should call in and tell his side of that whole. Yes. Whole yeah. That's yes. fantastic. Was she saying that, that it was Snufkin that was in the bushes? In, yes, in, uh, yeah, in that's Bear the Sweat's second line? Snufkin okay. reference tonight on the show by two people that had no idea they were each going to talk about. This yeah. obscure Finnish cartoon called The Moomins. The Moomins are so great. Weird. <laughs> and you Social find the Moomins on YouTube? Yes. Yeah, they're oh, everywhere. You can man. find them in Finnish or German, wow. maybe in English, probably no in kidding. English too. They're no really kidding. cool. Hmm. 
They're, it's their it's these little characters that live in the forest. It's so great for if you want to get your kids into outdoor stuff at a very young age. Oh, yeah. what did you call them? The the Smithkins? What are Snuffkin they is one of the characters. Come on, okay. Dilo. Don't don't you know the link? All right. No. Yeah. All right. Let's go to mailbag. I think we had one letter this month. Triple uh, O. What do we have? We do. We have one letter. It's a it's a very nice letter. So, hi Trail Show. This is Franimal from Argentina, now in Long Beach, California. I am writing to you from the road on the second day of my through hike to the recycling. Wait, is this? Wait a minute. No, this is a ask the hiker question. I'm reading no, the wrong no, one. No, 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 Wait a second. It. It's mine. I was like, what? This is not as nice as I thought it would be. I'm sorry. Animal. Dear, dear trail, the trail show family. I want to thank you for how you handled the trail news, world news topic of this show, George Floyd. I yellow blaze this episode, so to speak, as I have with other things occurring around this time. It is my opinion that you hit it out of the park with your call to action to make the trail community more welcoming and aware of things that are taken for granted and at face value. From my personal experience as a former police officer, hiker, and person of color, one of those things I cannot change, there needs to be understanding across the board. I just want to thank you all for refusing to sit on the fence and use your platform to drive change in our community. The outdoors welcomes us all and does not discriminate when doling out both beauty and brutality. As illustrated time and again, it is people through action or inaction that often have a lasting spoiling effect. After finally listening to this episode, I was stoked to hear every one of you advocating for some form of self-reflection and understanding. I could go on and on with anecdotal stories of both time outdoors and working as an officer, but who has time for that? Just know the experiences you all touched on are real and something that is thought about constantly by many of us out here. Okay, cue the Gary Clark Jr. This Land as I wrote that. I want to thank you for putting out the best show on the outdoors there is. It has gotten me through some of my lowest lows and provides me with some of the ideas for my highest highs. Thank you a thousand times over for continuing to educate, elevate, and advocate. I hope to make it to Colorado in the near future to sample a 14er and a tasty Coors banquet. I could, would <laughs> say catch you on the next episode, but I never listened to the trail show. Okay, that's it. And that's that. Stay healthy and safe. Teddy Ruxpin. And thank you, Teddy. That's yes, awesome. Thank you. I feel like so much happens in a in a month anymore like i had to kind of go back and remember that time a little bit in that show and, and let's um, let's just remember that we all agreed to and pledged to do our part and right now maybe that part is just educating ourselves since we're not out there in the wilds and uh i have been reading a book by isabel wilkerson called cast and i highly recommend it and it's really difficult to read. It's kind of depressing and makes me feel ashamed. But um, I was thinking about it when this letter came in and that um, those of us who, who have grown up with any amount of white privilege, like there's a lot of reckoning to do and a lot of awareness to be had. And I am not trying to say that I am the most woke individual because I am not, but I'm 
I'm working on it. And um, for anybody else out there who's working on it, I recommend this book cast by Isabel Wilkerson. It's really good. Cool. Thank you, P.O.D. And thank you, Teddy Ruxpin. Black yeah, thank lives. you, Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, still thanks. matter. Yeah. Black lives yep. do still matter. They do. And we have to keep it's making not, sure that they it's matter. It's not something that's gone away. Uh, yep. and, and some of the issues that we talked about on episode 95 mm -hmm. uh, that he's referencing um, have not gone away. They haven't gotten better. And, and no real changes have been nope. put into place at either like state or federal levels and things like that uh, to address some of this stuff. So Black Lives Still Matter, systemic racism still alive and well. 2021. Yep. Switching gears, did anyone throw us a few nickels this past month? Yes. We've got our monthlies. We've got Bernard Wolf. Bernie. Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Hey. Greg Pisco Gully. What a guy. Bobby what Walters. Joshua Bow Down to Job Bowden. Trevor Smoke It If You Got It, The Bowl Man. Bowl Weedman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Diane Pinkers. David Bullet Basta's Big as Your New House Viddy. Stein Basta. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Quality. Clayton Masterson. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Vermont. Uh, Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel. Dixon. The Weekend. Back on the trail. Back on the trail. The weekend, who just we won't stop. had like the Super Bowl. And he blew up that halftime show. Yeah. Well, he's just a donor. Going for it. Who did? Pat Dixon? No, yeah. The Weekend. Oh. Stephen the Hustler yeah. Russell, Ammon yeah. the Brute Bruce, Renee Bruce. Shira Patrick, Wesley the no. Haggish Addict, Greenwood. POD, 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 POD. If you want us to um, chime in, you have to read a little slower. But if I want to stay married, I have to read faster. Kevin, Chickpea Cross, and Sasha Honeydew Codet. Garbanzo. Tebow, not Tim Williams. Tebow saves. Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens. Meat Popsicle in the summertime. Joseph Pecoraro. Pecoraro. What do you want from me? Where'd they go? <laughs> Shiro the Switchblade and Brian the Big McNamara. Mac. Patty Sisu Matiscala. Hey, Matiscala. Oh, I bet she. I bet she knows about the Moomins. I, I got a. I just. I wanted to say I put a Moomin book on uh, hold at the library. Oh, while good. Recording. Yeah, I'll pick it Phil up. Phil Felipe Gilbert. Dave the Geode Hale. What's yep. inside? Nice. Stephen Robin Hood. Hood. Tony Sheboygan Brewing Pits. Sheboygan Rachel Die Bama Die Merchant. Die. Just die. Eric Adequate Johnson. Madical Dant Holmson. Martin the Rosswater Swank. Rosswater. Richie Rich Lemuel Glasgow. Lemuel. Mark the Nuclear Farmer Homer. Narmer. Sarah Compass Hines. Orion Bakken Bergayan. Hey. Oh. Just rolling off the tongue these days. It really is. <laughs> yeah. No pro. He's my on and off again. Like he's, I don't know what's going on with him, but he, he's in, he's out. He's, I don't know. Is that it? 
Now, Eric Roberson. Hey. Roby. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daniel Fundip Sharp. Fundip. Fundip. Kill Fundip. Bill Control Cattrall. Bob hey. the DMT Tromley. That's Tromley. Bob yeah. Tromley. The God, God Molecule. Woody, Yukon Caboose Base. Get in the back. All the way at the end. And we've got our one-offs. <laughs> Nick Wheatley. He may have been a donor from last month. I just can't remember, and I was too lazy to look it up. So maybe he gets two months of wreaths. Nick Wheatley. 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 Neatly. Like Wheaties. Nick Wheaty Wheatleys. Wheat Thins. Nick the Wheat Thin is his name. And his Neatly. new trail name given to him tonight on the trail show. Wheat Thin. No, Nick Wheat Thin Wheatley. <laughs> Christmas in a cup. Yo. Chevy. Sabit. Sabit. Oh shoot! I looked up on his. He said he doesn't care. I can. Come on. He said I can pronounce his name however I want. I'm gonna pronounce it CBCOs. How about that? CBD toes. CBD toes. Man, yeah. I'm just coming up with Feel the Chevy right. CBD toes. Do I need toes. to whack the tubes? Like what? No, you on? don't. We're just no. like I think. You know. All right. So here's what we could do. We this could is have how a white Mother's people Day. freestyle. Yeah, we could have a Mother's Day episode where we have mothers of the trail on the show mm-hmm. we could have like a episode about bugs where we talk about tarantula hawks and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. we could have an episode where we just give people trail names <laughs> like theo chevy cbd toes yeah cbd i think toes. it's actually i think it's the Sebecos. just i think we should have a show just where we do different pronunciation of dan <laughs> for like 30, maybe, maybe that'll minutes. be our uh, that can be our our April Fools. Yeah, uh, our bonus show episode. Dan, Dan Thompson? No, no, no. We could bring in a linguist. Talk about the historic use of Thompson. No, no. I think it's I think it's Dan Thome. We'll just go through various uh, phone books and just just yeah. old call people named Dan the 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 the, the name the name. <laughs> All right. Is that it for uh, D.N. Thompson? That is it. Do we have any one-offs? I read them. Do we have CBD an Ask a Hiker <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do have some Ask a Hiker questions. Should we, should we read them? Should I cue the music, D.Lo? Yeah. Okay. Just one question. Music cue. That's all I got, actually. All right. Can we skip down to line number 15 where it says, so here's my question? <laughs> no, we cannot do that. <laughs> Hi, Trail Show. This is Franimal from Argentina, now in Long Beach, California. I'm writing to you from the road on the second day of my through hike to the recycling bin. What can I say? <laughs> the pandemic has been hard on me, and I don't think I'm averaging three miles an hour anymore. Any hooch, I'm writing because I have a question for the Ask a Homeowner former hiker (laughs) section. My girlfriend and I live in the Los Angeles area, and we enjoy hiking in the many national forests surrounding our city. We love Southern California, but buying a home here is like winning the lotto. It just doesn't happen to anyone I know. So I'm thinking about moving to another place where we can buy our first patch of dirt. And I want to get your thoughts about cities with beautiful front ranges where one can hike, camp, and skinny dip in the lakes. Like the POD is known to do once the winter manatee is off. Hm. Oh no, manatee goes in. Uh, okay, manatee we can talk about let's let's focus on this, because I don't let's not talk about the manatee right now. <laughs> if we can't if we can't talk about CBD toes, we can't talk about the manatee. 
I already looked into Boulder, Portland, and Seattle, to name a few, and home prices there are just as ludicrous. So here's my question. What cities would you recommend to a first-time homebuyer that include affordable prices, great outdoor opportunities, and nice liberal neighbors? I know the trail show bump may immediately spike the real estate market in those areas, so feel free to answer in Spanish if you want to keep it on the down low. Love, Franimal. Postscript. Dilo is my favorite, and I did not write this under duress. PPS. The trail show is like a bad marriage. You can't wait for it to end, but when it does, all you know is that you are drunk and begging for some more. <laughs> Whoa. It's <laughs> a very good letter. Wow, okay. All right, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say one, two words. Nova Scotia. Interesting. We're going yeah. outside the U.S. to answer. Yeah, why not, man? Why not? Nova Scotia. Are they liberal okay. in Nova Scotia? I don't know, man. I don't really care. But I bet you, I bet you, it doesn't cost a lot of money to live there, and they got big mountains up there. Well, big eastern mountains, and there ain't nobody up there. Cause you know why? Cause it's cold, and it rains. But it's green. Doesn't sound like what they're looking for. Know, man. You it's got mountains. I mean, is what they're Nova looking Scotia. for uh, a real place? Do you get all three of those? You know. know. You, what about what about somewhere like like Boise? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Is, well. It's not yeah. going to be. Boise's getting pricey it's now. Not, it's not a red. Uh, it's a red state, but it it's a more liberal city. I got a better. I'll idea. I got a better I will, plan. I will say that Boise is pretty far from mountain access. I would say you live in Missouri or Iowa and you get yourself a nice vehicle that you feel comfortable traveling in and you uh, you all the money that you save by not having to spend a ton of money on your real estate you travel in the summertime. I think I've you know, got that idea. You know what? I think okay. I think you, like you, you know you, you kind of gave me an idea with that answer though. Mm -hmm. I I think maybe the answer here is, uh, you know, you could probably get a pretty awesome like RV for two hundred thousand dollars, and and you can go all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hashtag van life. I not not van life. We're talking. We're talking. You know, yeah. We're talking a bus. Big, 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 big van. I want like. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. This is a legitimate answer. What about Albuquerque? Yeah. yeah, I was mm -hmm. going to go in New Mexico because they're looking for somewhat affordable. They're looking Los Alamos. For, for like a blue state and they're looking with access to mountains. Los like, Alamos, man. New Mexico checks off all those boxes in my mind. I mean, that you know, don't just do don't it. go to Santa Fe. That's a little pricey, but, you know, go to Los Alamos. It's so close to Santa Fe. And Los Alamos has a weird vibe. It I, does. I, it does. Albuquerque is way more answers. cool. Yeah, yeah well, Albuquerque I mean, is a big city, though. Albuquerque okay, I, I like New Mexico, but New Mexico has a weird vibe. So. Well, it's different, yeah, man. Los Alamos, <laughs> Los Alamos, Alamos has, has the weirdest the vibe in New Mexico, but sure. Yeah, it but it's got real good access to uh, the outdoors. And it already burned recently, so it's not going to burn recently. Uh, and you know what? Albuquerque America. is a city, but this kind of have been there so many times. And like when you compare it to a place like Boulder, for example, it's so much nicer. The traffic is like hardly anything. I feel like Albuquerque was what Denver probably yeah. was 30 it's, years ago. It's much quieter. I mean, you don't um, have rush hour traffic. You've got the 
sandias right there on the well, yeah it's so also speaking a lot about, more it's also a lot more diverse what about no, the sandias yeah. though because the sandias are on the west side of the town do they trap a lot of smog over the city no, of Albuquerque no, no the sandias no. are on the east side of the town right and, and no. the prevailing winds come from the west so they would actually stop the smog from getting over it that's not there an issue there smog there because no. salt lake city has that big that issue with the wasatch range where they're totally. on the kind of uh they they block the winds from blowing yeah. the smog away from the urban area and it just like sits there. It, no, there's a really smog there. Same with Los Angeles, really, you know. Yeah. A- ABQ doesn't have a pollution issue the way like any of those cities that you named off do, including Denver. Nope. Like, the brown frown in Denver is legit on certain days. Like you can see oh, it yeah. driving from Conifer down 285 into town. You can see it looks like a thick layer of mustard gas on the city mm-hmm. but the other the other i'll just throw out there the other place i was thinking of are certain parts of arizona now mm-hmm. there's definitely pricey parts of arizona like if you look at scottsdale if you look at um oh uh what's the what's the town up north that the muggy on rim goes over to it's a big mountain biking mecca i'm drawing a blank anyway that place by elko no it's um anyway red something I don't know. We'll think of it anyway. But there's there's tons of mountains in Arizona. Sedona. Sedona, yeah, pricey as hell. You want to avoid Sedona. But honestly, like if you go kind of on the the eastern side of the state, you're gonna find a lot more affordable places to live that have access to tons of mountain ranges and skylands throughout Arizona. So I'm thinking Arizona, New Mexico. I would say Idaho, but Ohio, Idaho is a red state through and through. So what about small towns in like kind of uh, on the wet side of the Cascades in Washington state? Maybe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't small really know anything in, about that. I don't know either, but I mean, I'm thinking small towns in Washington state might be a nice, nice compromise. Like on the east side of the divide? East side would be yeah. cheaper than the west side for certain. Yeah. But either way. Uh, or Eastern Oregon, Oregon. Eastern yeah. Oregon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, there is like the bend area, which is, mm, is bend is pricey, nice. but if you go outside of bend, like mine yeah. in some areas, you might be able to get cheaper. It's difficult, man. Real estate right now is insane everywhere for whatever reason. Because everybody's it working is. remotely. They can live wherever they want. Live Nova Scotia. Want. I'm telling you, nobody wants to live Everyone in Nova Scotia. Everyone with money is working remotely. Let's put it that way. Nova, Nova Scotia. Nobody wants to live in Nova Scotia. All right, Franimal, you heard Scotia. it here first. Nova Scotia, go there right now. <laughs> Any more Ask a Hiker questions, Dilo? That's it. That's all I got. That's Yep. Next week, we'll oh, or next month, we'll have a uh, we'll have a lot more ask a hiker questions focused on um, Nova Scotia. You right. know, I was I gonna have Jupiter Nova do Scotia, a like, take review. Just look no, at some pictures and move on. Just look at some pictures we'll of Nova Scotia on the internet. You people are like, man. Oh. all right. Not, let's keep going mute button. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> it's that time of night well maybe we'll get jupiter to do next month's tent steak review because he had a really good tent steak tip yeah maybe videos thanks to everyone for tuning in today big thanks to our show sponsor mcu hemp are you feeling horrible after a 36 mile push Just to find out the onion has already raided all the ice in the hostel you were going to use for your aches and pains? No problem, because you pack some Fritos Feeling Good CBD Balm 
to soothe those aching muscles. You're going to go from zero day to hero day, getting back on the trail faster than buck 30, not doing trail maintenance with his lopers. Go ahead, Onion, steal all the ice. I plan ahead by visiting hermosillohemp.com. Oh, man, the lopers. All right, big thanks goes to Jupiter for talking to us about his hike of the Eastern Continental Trail. You can get more info at jupiterhikes.com. Thanks to Serena Rana for guesting on the show again and talking to us about her new book, Best Day Hikes on the Arizona National Scenic Trail. Thanks goes to all the great Trail Show Nation donors for tonight's frosty beverages. Thanks and praise to our monthly donors. Get yourself a brand new Trail Show Net Gator for a $25 donation by clicking the PayPal button at thetrailshow.com or just going to paypal.me slash thetrailshow. These Trail Show logo Net Gators won't last long, folks. Get them while they last. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com. We're on Twitter at Trail Show. We're on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. We're on Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, we're on Spotify. Another trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in the Ides of March for our March Madness Spectacular with more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, DLO, Special 41, Triple O, Jupiter, and Serena, I'm Disco. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao. Nova Scotia does look nice, Dilo. It does, Tell Dilo. You, man. Nova Scotia? It looks like you're wearing a babushka, and you're about to go out and. Actually, I'm pretty cold, so this is actually really this this head wrap thing, this neck gaiter, whatever this thing is. You look like a Hungarian grandmother. <laughs> A Hungarian grandmother in Nova Scotia, yeah. of all places. Right. Oh, is that this Nova be, Scotia? This could be your front porch in Nova Scotia. I'm telling you, people are like, whatever, man, Nova Scotia, you're crazy. This is where I'm going. I'm going to Nova Scotia. An underlooked outdoor area would be northern Minnesota. Yep, or northern Minneapolis. Minnesota. Minneapolis. Oh. It's not hiking, yeah. but canoeing and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cold in the winter. Lakes. They got lakes. There'd be yeah, great cross-country skiing. You better learn some cross-country skiing, man. You stay nice and warm when you cross-country ski. But look at Nova Scotia, everybody. You get on the internet, man. You get on there real easy. You go point, click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Is that after the three days of summer in Nova Scotia? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There's a... Uh, no, there's pictures of women in bikinis and lakes and stuff in Nova Scotia. Right yeah, it doesn't mean real. that it's that warm. No, it doesn't. But there's pictures of people. Yeah, they're Canadians. So, yeah. Exactly. Is that a show? <laughs> that's a show. I think that's, that's a show. I talk about the protocol in my book. If you are stung, you're supposed to lie down immediately on the ground and scream so that you don't hurt yourself running around in pain. I, I feel like Disco's maybe not the most discriminate youtube consumer how dare you um i don't think you should do it uh <laughs> but if you can get past me and me trying to discourage you then maybe you can do it you haven't seen me biking down the bike path in boulder with a san angelo bar resting on my handlebars <laughs> have you All right, Coyote. You okay, man? Your heart racing? Million miles a second. This is the most nervous I've ever been. 
to take a sting or bite from anything. My hand is shaking. Are you guys all ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready if you're ready. I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to enter the sting zone with the tarantula hawk. Let's go for it. One, two, here we go, three. Are you feeling anything like you'd be worried? Nope, I just can't. <laughs> wait, wait, before we go on, guys, seriously, <clears throat> the tone is terrible. <laughs> yeah, you guys it, all need to pull it together. All of you, all of y'all. It's been very low energy so far. It, it has. <laughs> more, more alcohol, I'm thinking. Fake Everybody. it. Fake it. <laughs> Okay, I go to work every day, and I'm like, I'm so glad you're here, kids. All right, and take I'm not. two. There are many we, days I'm not glad. That should we start the show over? Let's start the show. Over. <laughs> My God. Hell no. All right. <laughs>